What is up, guys? Just had some good friends of ours on the podcast, Ed and Eddie, and it's not like they're cartoon characters. Uh, Ed Aravello is co-owner of AG Rentals here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, he manages properties with his wife. And then Eddie Aravello uh, is the team leader of a Century 21 Bradley team of folks who are realtors as well as investors. Um, so we get to talk to them about a lot of things. This podcast actually goes on for two hours, but don't worry, there are a lot of gems, a lot of really cool thoughts and moments in this podcast. Ed and Eddie do a lot of huge things in Fort Wayne and in other states as well, so you guys don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we've got some super special guests. Uh, this is Ed Aravello. Uh, he is a co-owner of AG Rentals. He owns a property management company with his wife. He also does a handful of other things that we'll get into later. Uh, this is Eddie. Um, although family-wise, everybody uh, knows th that this is Eddie and this is Santi. Um, Eddie is a realtor, uh, but he also owns or manages a team of realtors at Century 21 Bradley called the Realty Invest Real Estate Group. And uh, he also has rental properties. Both these guys have rental properties. Uh, Ed and Eddie. Yeah. Eddie's also got um, his license down in Florida with, who is it with? Mike Thomas? No, uh, Remax Masterpiece. Remax. Remax. Gotcha. Welcome to the show, guys. What That's up? Awesome. Hey, thank, thank you guys for having us here, man. Excited. All right. What's our first question? So uh, I want to know how AG got started. I know that uh, Adam Garrig was part of it initially and uh, he's not as much anymore. He's pretty much out of it completely. So what did that look like and what were the early struggles getting started uh, with, the, with AG Rentals? So before we start there, I just want to clarify. It is Ed and Eddie, but I don't want to get this out of the way because a lot of people get it confused. So, um, shoot, how can I – I'm going to make it as quick as I possibly can. Um, shoot, we've, he's been in Florida for most of the time in the last 10 years, and I was here in Indiana. Um, I actually got called Eddie by just um, – somebody started calling me that, and they couldn't say my real government name, which is actually Edgar. People can – I worked in sales, and people cannot say Edgar, so they – one lady comes in and said Eddie, and everybody started calling me Eddie. And from there, I went with that name. Same thing, similar to him. His his government name is Eduardo. Mm, yeah, and, pronouncing <clears throat> that. Yeah, yeah. And people get not mixed <laughs> up. So he's in Florida, and people call him Eddie. So you know, we go with mine. I don't really care at the end of the day what you know me as, as long as you remember me. And so people just remember that name. And then fast forward, obviously he came over here, moved out, and it was quicker for me to shorten mine to Ed, and then him to Eddie. So we left it at that. Family-wise, they actually call me by my middle name, which is Giovanni, mm. and they call him Santi, which is our middle name. So we go to title companies, you know, and so they'll, they'll just confuse us. This fun, yeah, they'll confuse <laughs> us. They'll think it's him. They'll think it's me. We'll go to. We're title. actually going back to the Verizon days. They used to confuse us as well. Yep, and we used to work together at yep. different stores. So we always used to compete and things of that nature. And uh, yeah, so we got Ed and Eddie. Were you guys in at the same time as your other brother? No. Uh oh okay. No, he was afterwards. I was the first no. one in Verizon, and then I got him in, and then we both left. But because of that Revelo lane, they knew we were salespeople. Mm -hmm. They got him in in a heartbeat. So. <laughs> That's it. was like, yep, you're in. That being said, uh, yeah, back to question. the question. Sorry, I want to clarify <laughs> that. Like I said, people all the time get us confused, so, so I wanted to clarify that. Well, AG 
uh, rentals. Started up with my wife. Um, she was in property management for about 13, 14 years at the time. Um, she, that's all she's done pretty much right out of high school. Uh, she was good at it. She eventually got a real estate license, but didn't have her broker license. So that's where we kind of partnered up with Adam, who had his broker license at the time. You know, we met with him. He wasn't using his broker license at all. Um, we, we discussed deals and terms, and he knew that it was going to be a short-term period because the plan was my wife was going to get a broker license. Uh, she eventually got a broker license last year, and then that's where we kind of – we still work with we're really good friends with Adam, so shout-out to Adam, Gary, because he's really good. He was a really good essential part for us to start the business, and we're very grateful for him. Uh, we still keep him, you know, communication on a daily basis. We still manage his houses. So for anybody who thinks, you know, we're not talking to each other, we still are. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I see, I see Eddie sometimes will post stuff about AG. Uh, I know that you're not an owner, though, right? Correct. And then how how do you help with that business? And then you also have rental properties. So talk a little bit about how many rental properties you've got and how you contribute to AG. So I think AG is more established through, through Ed and Sarah, who opened opened up different platforms. So I am under the AG umbrella uh, when it comes to the investment side. We also do real estate. Um, I have a team as well. So I try to keep it separate, even though it kind of mixes it together and it basically aligns in everything that we're trying to do. And that's why I decided to call it the Invest Real Estate Group um, because most of us are independent. We're investors there too. So we try to keep the cost low and everything that we're doing is basically more rentals, off-market properties and things of that nature. So we're not really 100% on the retail buying and selling side, even though we do do that. When the opportunity comes, I do take advantage of that as well and help as many people as I can. Um, <clears throat> so I am owner with the AG properties as well. And then AG overall is just expanding and is growing. So I think from here in the next three to five years, you're going to see a lot of AG different platforms. And hopefully, you know, we do the best that we can to serve the community within the company. Yep. When you were, when you're buying properties, like for yourself, are you putting them under your personal name or like when, it, let's say like if you find a deal and you're wholesaling it or whatever you're doing with it, do you buy it under AG or do you buy it under like your own company? It's, it's a mix. It's a mix. Some of them I do personal, some of them I, I do with partnerships. Um, I do a lot of business with partners. I think it just makes it a lot easier for myself. Um, some of them we do with, with company names as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a mix. I have, you know, I, I, I believe in partnerships versus employees. So I have a few partners out there in which we're able to do a lot of business together. And and then do you guys own anything together? No. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Not, well, because we either I buy it or he takes it. So we haven't really need to, gotcha. to come in and, and stuff. And it's, it's kind of hard because I think, believe it or not, we're brothers and we spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. Most of it is not even business-wise. Right. And most of it, it is, but we have our own lanes. So, for example, he sticks with the with the rehabs, with the management, um, the whole AG rentals as well. I'm more on the front line doing acquisitions, finding investment properties, dealing with the investors, you know, um, in the front line of it. We haven't bought anything yet for the most part, I think. Well, what we have, we sold. Yeah, we, we, we never sold. kept it. That's the thing. We, we don't together. keep it. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we don't flip, keep it. We, we invest. We sell it, do whatever we need to do. So Anything nice. we do, sometimes either I'm the silent partner, he's the silent partner. Some, mm -hmm. We're always got something going on. Mm -hmm. um, wherever we can make a buck or two or if there's an idea, we're, we're always there. So we're always working together but not working together sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't even know some of the deals that I'm doing and he still gets his check and, and vice versa. So that's that's the beauty about it. Um, and then AG, 
Um, it's growing once again. And, and for those that don't know what it stands for, it stands for a Revelo group. Um, and hopefully, you know, it keeps expanding. So awesome. how many, did you say how many rentals you had? I don't. Um, it's in the double digits. I have a year and a half in actually just focusing on creating my, my rental portfolio, um, not counting Florida. Um, I really don't like to say the amount yet, <laughs> but I know I'm buying another one uh, this week, actually on Friday. Um, and, the, and the reason being is I just don't like to disclose a lot of that stuff. You know, for me, I like to just keep it private and stay low profile at the end of the day. But what I could tell you is... Um, I regret selling a lot of deals. There's so many houses out do. there that I'm like, man, I should have just kept that one. But then I guess for me, it was more like, well, let me build up as much as capital as possible. Yep. And let me get familiar with the market. Cause just, I, I have almost two years going to two years and a half and living in Fort Wayne. So I've, you know, lived pretty much the majority of the time in Florida when I started doing investing and things of that nature. Um, and when I first moved here, I was still transitioning from here in Florida. So I, I have about a year and a half, like fully focused on that and hopefully growing within the next year. I think I'll probably double my properties next year alone. Um, try not to wholesale as many now, um, even though the profits are great. But I think in the long term, I'm, I'm trying to establish more passive than active income. Um, so with that being said, um, I think, you know, once again, that big, the biggest regret was getting rid of them. Yep. But once again, we had to do that. My portfolio yep. is probably only 30% finance, which I don't think is a good thing, even <laughs> though I, th I thought it was, but I think I need to get myself a little bit more into that and hopefully expand that platform. Yep. You know, it's funny. I was thinking this morning, uh, I was thinking about having them on and then like Grant Cardone <laughs> and stuff. I was like, they're like, uh, they should have, we should have a show called Undercover Millionaire and then maybe on it. They're just like, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more like, life and air, you know, type of thing. I guess that's my biggest thing. I, I, I don't consider myself a millionaire, more uh, life and air. What's the difference? Well, millionaire is obviously just achieving, you know, just money. Life and air is when you have the opportunity to do just whatever you want with your life. Like I don't have to clock in, clock out. My passive income basically is sufficient for me to be financially free. I can literally pick up and go wherever I want. I don't have anybody waking me up telling me what I got to do, which mm -hmm. I think I have that freedom. But being a life in there as well is, is basically taking everything to a different direction where you're not just grinding, you know? And it's so funny because Drew was just talking about that last week. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. You don't want to grind, you want to align. Yep. And um, for me, that's very important, especially I have a family. So I, I was able to pick that up at an early age and stuff uh, where I had a go where my goals were at, you know, at the end of the day, it's so easy to get caught up in working 50, yeah. 60, 70 hours and people brag about it. But I'm like, is that really what you want to do? Right. So the difference is people are really trying to chase the money because they think that's what they need. But in reality, what they're trying to achieve is to have financial freedom, spend more time with their family, with their kids, be able to travel wherever they want. So I think they're both as important, but sooner than later, you're transitioning from money to actually freedom you yep. know do you follow uh, patrick debet at all no i don't okay i'll say he talked about that yesterday on a youtube video i watched do you know how old he is by the way yeah uh, did you do your homework? He's, he's about my same age i believe <laughs> yeah isn't that crazy no i think yeah. i'm a little older he's a little like, like a, 31 32 yeah 32 okay, that's, that's crazy so who's older out of you two well obviously i am i mean 36 so he's 32 okay yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and then uh what about um the guy that worked at verizon <clears throat> so we have four brothers okay so we have one uh he's younger milton um shoot I oh yeah yeah ages. and then my brother older he's brother, like 26 Jay. 27 yeah, 26 27 and my older brother is 
what is he hitting 40? 38, 38, 39. 39. Oh, you, he's older than you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody thinks I'm the oldest uh, just because he has no uh, facial hair. Mm-hmm. So He looks young. Uh, and he's shorter. Yeah. I'm the tallest. So, yeah, everybody thinks I'm the oldest. But, no, I'm actually the second. Wow. Yep, yep. That's crazy. Yeah. So I want to go back for a second because um, this is something that we've already talked about mm-hmm. in private. Um, but I think it'd be valuable for people. Grant Cardone always says, like, man, the only people who hide away try and try and hide their hide what they're doing and everything are drug dealers, man. Like you gotta <laughs> he's like, you gotta you gotta like put your stuff out there. You gotta make sure everybody knows who you are, man. You gotta let people know what you're doing so that you can get the money that you need. But you guys, on the other hand, are more of like, listen, like if I tell other people what I'm doing, they may look into figuring out how they can sue me or how they can screw me over or the things that they could do. No, not like- necessarily. No, I think what a lot of it is is our, how we grew up. You know, growing up in New York City, it's you keep to yourself, you mind your business. And so that's always stuck with us. Now, I've always told you guys on one-on-ones, conversations, one of the groups, I'll talk, we, we, we have conversations. In larger settings, I mean, I'll be honest with you, in, in a lot of meetings, people just stroking their egos. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got 30 units. I got 40 units. I got, to me, it's not about that. To me, it's more about, you know, how you built those relationships. So let's talk. I don't want to know exactly what you have, but tell me how you're doing it. What's your struggles? Tell me that stuff. I want to know that more than necessarily, hey, I got, you know, 50 million property or $50 million worth of property. It's good. I'm happy for you, but not everybody's in that walk in life. And I don't want to put somebody down and say, hey, you know, I got this much money in my bank account. Well, you don't snap. Now you just discourage them because they're like, crap, I'm never going to be there. But instead of, hey, these are the struggles. Anybody could do it. I could do it. I always tell people my story my story cannot be told without God because of my walk in life. And so for me, it's more about the numbers. For me, it's more, um, and like I said, we're, we're very low profile. You know, I don't go and post and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I see why you guys do a lot of the stuff, and it works well for you guys. And there's nothing wrong with you guys because you guys have a, a, a goal in mind, and you guys are helping people. You guys doing this podcast i mean there's a lot of reasons why you need to be out there and you should be showing it because on, on your end people are not believing you could do those numbers so you guys need to show those numbers mm-hmm. in my end i don't need that right now i may eventually need to this is why i'm here in this podcast too i may need to show my face more do i want to no but <laughs> yeah because I, honestly if it would have been somebody uh, else who would have invited us to a podcast 10 out of 10 times <laughs> probably been been now. Now. i don't know just, i mean I, we're fine you know that type of stuff but i think you know, shout out to you guys. You guys are doing a great thing in the community. You guys are giving back. We also actually know you guys a little bit to a little bit more of a personal level. So for us, it's a pleasure being out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like we're hiding anything or we're being secret about anything because I feel like we're transparent. We're open books at the end of the day. Um, but there's certain things that you want to just keep private. I guess that's always been the type of yeah. person that I've always been. Um, and there's nothing wrong, like he said, whether you want to be open about it or not. Um, it just depends the intention, you know, and who you're really mm-hmm. inspiring and, and encouraging, you know, at yep. the end of the day with the information that you are saying. Um, but, yeah, other than that, um, it's probably something that we don't really need at the moment. But I am kind of working on that. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that, yeah. you know, kind of just going yeah, he out does there. does a lot more. I don't. I... And, and just opening up a little bit. But I just never had the need to. But now I'm like, hey, why not? Just give it a try, you know, and, and start putting more stuff out there because, man, I've, I've done a lot of things and I never boast about it or post yep. e- either. I just keep it to myself. I'll say, so uh, um, there's another guy that we actually met at this seminar, but one thing that I will say that, like, you hear a lot of people talking about what they're doing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so sometimes, like, telling people the actual real numbers, 
like one like it's not about bragging it's more about like telling them what's really going on because like we don't inflate our numbers it's not like oh we made this amount we did this we did this we only state like what we actually did so i feel like a lot of other like gurus out there are telling people oh i did this Mm -hmm. and it's not real um so i think uh like do you think that it's important at all to like validate so like let's say like if you're getting information from people you're not just gonna go and listen to some guy on the street if he's like, hey, don't you shouldn't be investing in real estate is probably gonna crash soon if, if he has no validation on anything that he's been doing. So sometimes telling the numbers gives validation. They're like, hey, I do know a little bit about what I'm talking about here because I've been doing this amount. Do you ever think that like uh, you have to let people know like what you're doing in order to get credibility for them to listen to you? Oh yeah, oh, oh without a doubt, I think so. Like I said, in you guys' shoes, you guys are in the public. You guys are doing a lot more than just behind the scenes stuff. I do a lot more behind the scenes. I talk to you know private investors. I talk to you know um, owners that we manage property for. For them, they know our numbers. I mean, we, we have conversation yeah. about the numbers because obviously, like you said, they have to validate. You know, you got to yep. know what you're doing. So in those cases, we have no problem. But I don't. For me personally, you know, I'm not on social media. One, I, I'm, I'm, I suck at being in social media, trying to post <laughs> some of the stuff, and I'm trying to get better at it. You know what I mean? I'll do shoes. I'll do you know PlayStation, Xbox when I'm buying and selling all the time because. I need the social media platform to sell them. Yep. But um, when it comes to real estate, we've been blessed, and that's all God. I mean, thankfully, we haven't had to do a lot. In the very beginning, we did a little bit of, of marketing. We did a little bit of uh, social media. But God's just opened the doors. Like, we don't even need to. We get a lot of referrals. I mean, you guys yep. know it was referrals. You know, referrals is networking. For me, it's that. I'd rather network. Yep. I'd rather do that. Now, should we be posting more? I think you guys, are, you mentioned it before. It's like, you want to do it so you can help others. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, that's one of the struggles is just, you know, how do you help someone without, you know, setting them up for failure because everybody, everybody's path is different. Right. You know, there's no one way into real estate. So it's hard for me to say, hey, here's the blueprint. This is going to work for you because it ain't. Right. You look at my blueprint. Shoot. It was crazy, chaotic. It was, you know, it, it was a, it was definitely a, um, a path to get to where we are now. And, and it's all for me. It's all through God and the blessings he's given us. And the opportunity, especially with my wife and how, you know, her mindset. I'll say it, and I'll say it for the record. <laughs> she is the best property manager in Fort Wayne. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, she's yeah, a lot young. of people think he's the brains. No, yeah, she's, she's the brains. She's the brains. She's, she's the brains. brains. You know, she's, she's a beast. You know, she's a beast. Yeah. So. He's, he's just the face of it. You know, <laughs> we're, we're going to touch on that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right, I'll, I'll get ahead of myself. So yeah. But to answer your question, um, yeah. I think it is very important. Yeah. And unfortunately, we live in a very just, judgmental world where people if they don't see shiny things in your neck if they don't see a rolex if they don't see a fancy car sometimes they'll be like man like right. you ain't doing it you're you ain't successful right because that's what they go based off unfortunately mm-hmm. well i guess for me it was a little bit different in my journey because when i was 18 i met this millionaire who nobody and, and probably that's what it, it comes down to it depends on who's your influencers and your mm-hmm. mentors and whether they want there to be your mentors or not you still pick up a few things from them and you adapt accordingly but I, I i knew this millionaire who has i don't even know how many houses right now probably over a hundred maybe or more and you would look at him and he's the most simple guy and and you would never you would you would never think he probably wears the same shirt every so often um drives a car that he probably paid cash for and um and you would look at him and you would be like man he's not successful he's probably richer than most of the people that probably invested right. in this area um so i guess for me i picked up on that and maybe that's why probably I, I put that one post when I noticed I, I looked at my closet and I'm like, well, geez, I got the same shirt. Like I, I try to simplify my life so then I can just be 
you know, more giving, you know, with my time mentally and with my finances overall too. So I, I, mm -hmm. I don't get stuck on just what we have, but yeah, to your point, it is very important to show that. And then also when I ha do have my one-on-ones, I kind of just go over everything with my, with my clients or my friends or people who just want to invest. And to Ed's point, you know, right now I, I feel like we're in the level that I don't even have to say anything. People just validate and they're like, right. hey, Eddie, I want to work with you, which I've been privileged to actually pick and choose who I want to work with, um, which which is a good thing and is a bad thing because there's a lot of people that probably need of my time, but we got to be selective too with, you know, within our 24 hours. Yep. I say one other thing I want to say on that is uh, um, there's a, a friend of mine who drives this McLaren or whatever, and then like everybody was just freaking out about the McLaren. And I was like, you know, like, that is one way to validate yourself or whatever mm -hmm. and get attention and like show that you're successful. But like, like that would literally be going against everything within me mm -hmm. to do that. Like I can't do it not early and I can't, I don't want to finance it because I don't want to ever give people that wrong thing. So like it would, it would bother the crap out of me. It would <clears> act, like, I didn't even realize how much it was going to bother me until I drove it. And I was like, dude, if I did this, it'd be like the most <laughs> invalidating thing ever. So the way that we validate is with like, just showing everybody everything, like the truth on like, hey, this is really what we're doing. This is how we do it. And like, mm -hmm. just show everybody the numbers. Some people think that's like bragging, but to me going out and financing a McLaren and then like telling everybody that you're a baller, that's more like you're trying to show off than like actually telling people true numbers. But And, and we grew up on that, you know, in the 90s, growing up in New York City. I mean, mm -hmm. you'll see people with BMWs, Mercedes, rims. These people are sleeping in the floor you know on an in a air mattress some of them just mm. with a blanket on it so i guess we just come from a different journey different background different point of view on seeing certain things and i think we learn at an early age just because somebody's flashing something doesn't necessarily determine success right i think everybody has their own you know point of view of what success is whether it's money or freedom like i for me i validate my success with freedom yeah. like i don't even work more than 20 hours a week like so That's and i take really pride in that you know that's a good lesson and i actually have a question that like goes along those same lines so mm -hmm. i'll hit you guys with this and then you can yeah, share you got some. so many that you're gonna hit us with <laughs> so, <now. laughs> uh, so growing up in new york obviously is much different from living here in fort wayne mm -hmm. uh, what lessons did you learn from growing up in such a diverse busy urban environment uh, what do you think folks from the midwest need to know that they don't know and what are some lessons there that you carry out into your life we learned a lot or you wanted to start on that? Or? The biggest one, man, that I've noticed in the Midwest, people are not blunt. They're not honest. You know, they, they, you go to New York, and if I talk, if, well, pre my wife, okay, pre wife, and you talk to girls because you like her, mm -hmm. you're not wasting your time and, you know, trying to be friends. I mean, obviously, if you, if you go meet her through class, church, or something like that, it's different, but random person, you know, you talk. Um, here, I feel like people just talk to you just to talk to you, and sometimes they don't even have any interest in you. Sometimes it's their agenda is different. They may not like you, but they still talk to you and they give you that friendly. I forgot the word for it. It's uh, passive. passive, passive aggressive. Passive there you aggressive. go. You know, and and New York men, they're blunt. You know what I mean? Well, which we could come off different to yeah. people in the Midwest. Yeah, we sometimes. come off blunt sometimes. <laughs> and I take pride in that too because I'd rather tell you how it is. I mean, we've had conversations. I'm gonna tell you the good, the ugly, and the bad. And then yeah. if we have differences, we're gonna work them out. But I'm not gonna sugarcoat and be like, I'm all your friend. Right. But in the back, yo. You know, Dakota, I don't, I don't like them. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and you see that a lot in the Midwest, uh, at least in the interactions that I've ever had. Um, and it's not in New York? Yeah, at least not as much. It was it was more like, you know, you, you didn't like somebody, you like somebody. Now, there's always sneaky people. But I noticed here there was a lot of more passive-aggressive. Mm. You can, 
you can see that in the last few elections, you know. You can see, you know, you, some of that came out. So oh, we want to talk about elections. <laughs> no, no. We're going to come back to that. No, got, yeah, I got some later. <laughs> so, but, but, but I think one of those stuff, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes it's, don't get me wrong, if you're in the field, there might be some people you don't like to work with, but you have to work with. Right. And you make the best out of it. But I noticed early on, you know, people here were just pretending, like, oh, I think this person's cool. And then you hear, like, oh, no, this person said this about you. Mm. Yeah, like we'll see people that they're best friends in social media, and next you know this person speaking about that. Yeah, way. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wait, like I'm not used to that, you right. know. And and that's why sometimes I do just keep to myself, and my circle mm-hmm. is pretty small, and that's really all I need, you know. And I have circles outside of that circle, but another thing that you know the city has taught us is it, the hustle, man. You know, True. it's you're on survival mode every single day. You know, mm-hmm. just walking out in the streets, it's already a risk that you were taking, especially growing up in the '90s. Like the stuff that we saw growing up. For us, it was normal. Now that I'm sitting here and thinking about it, I'm like, that's yeah. not normal. <laughs> seeing people get shot, people yeah. injecting themselves, dying in the backyard. And this is all at the age of five, six years old. Um, shots between this this culture and this culture or this block and that block. You, you can't walk here because you're Latino and the half of the block is black. So you had to walk around. If you're wearing the wrong color in the wrong street, like this is like stuff that I'm like, man, like, this is not normal thing. You know, people shouldn't be living under these circumstances. But for us, I guess it, it brought us more awareness. And, mm-hmm. and another it's going to be tough, you know? Another thing that, that that it is a big difference is culture shock and diversity. You know, here in the Midwest, and not just in, you know, um, ethnic groups and stuff like that, but just in lifestyle. You know, I think we, we, we get too comfortable with our pockets of our people and, our and, you know, the people that we – and we don't really diversify our friends or diversify our groups. And I see that quite a bit. You know, people already, being in a smaller town, I think people get their cliques together, and then that's it. They try to stick with those cliques. And I think once you realize that, hey, you can grow with more people and finding more like-minded people, then you start to expand more. You know what I mean? And, and you mm-hmm. guys see it. You guys do it, I'm sure. You guys, we have the investment real estate group, which is awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, and so there's different, I think that's a huge thing that I learned in, in New York is, it's okay to be with different people. It's okay, you know, connect yourself with different people, get to know different people, not just skin color, not just, um, you know, wealth-wise, you know, I mean, shoot, skill levels, age-wise, you know, older people, you know, you should be talking to older people, younger people. I mean, um, to me, that's huge. That's a big lesson in life is just connecting with different people. And we also learn what not to do, you know. (laughs) But once again, living there, it's everything's all normal. Um, I love my city, you know, it's, it's the city that made us. And I, I think without coming from that city, we probably wouldn't have what we have, you know, besides God, you know, providing everything, all the tools necessary. But other than that, um, it taught us a lot. I mean, we could keep going on and on and on, but we're trying to keep it within an hour. Yeah. Was it New York, New York? New York Brooklyn, City, New Brooklyn. York. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually jumping in, like if you would have met us maybe 15, 18 years ago, mm. we were completely different people. Oh, I got, I still got some yeah. stuff. <laughs> I <would've, laughs> <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm glad I didn't I sit here <laughs> smiling at you. <laughs> you know, it's different. It's like, different. yeah, that's just. Well, you, get, you guys were like, what, more angry people, you think? Or like more guarded? Or like, you guys are already kind of guarded, obviously. And that you said yeah. can't, comes from your past. Like, were you think you were way more guarded then? Yeah, you, you, you had to. You had to be careful. You know what I mean? Growing up, uh, for me, I, I well, see it goes back again to like I said, my, my my faith walk and my testimony. I was shady, man. I was, you know, a liar, manipulator. I mean, I was everything, all of the above. And so, transitioning over here, there's stuff that I had to let go. But some some of that stuff you keep is good. I mean, some of that values, some of the systems that I've learned, 
um, has kept me because it keeps me humble. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be bragging. For me, see, I, and I, I guess it goes to a personal level too. You know, I may struggle with the bragginess because that's something that growing up you see that people flashing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like I don't want to flash because I don't want to brag because that was a perception perception that I had. Yep. So you know, it, it goes into that. You know, you 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 learn some of the good stuff. You, you take what you learn and go from there. And so I mean, it's been it's been. I wouldn't change it for nothing, but it made me who I am today. You know, I cannot talk about God without what he's done and brought me through without, sorry, I can't talk about my success without talking about God. Yep. We'll, we'll leave me, that for the other questions. Yeah. Let me give you, let me give you a couple fun ones and then yeah, we'll yeah. go further into this. Uh, well, we'll say the other, the other ones weren't fun. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah that, well, uh, a little bit heavier which, stuff, okay. a little bit which, more dramatic. Which I do appreciate you know? that, honestly, because, you know, sometimes you don't have these the opportunity to speak to other people, you know, and dive in, you know, I, I feel like everybody that we meet is always talking about, and I guess that's another thing too. Everybody's just talking about this, this, and this. I'm like, you know, it's all a cloud, you know, realistically, let's, let's, let's touch on this. Let's touch on these questions. Let's touch on what the people really need to see, you know, behind the scenes. It don't matter if I have a flashy car or a house or this and that. At the end of the day, I think people are more impacted by the truth and how we actually can relate to them. And that's how influencers are today. You know, you may follow that one guy that you just talked about that I don't because I guess we align it and follow the people that we can relate to more than anything. Yeah. So I, I guess for me, that's that's what I'm big into, you know, is re being relatable with people because there's people that I can probably connect with. And there's other people I just won't be able to as much as I may want to or tell them, you know, my journey. All right, a couple fun ones before Go we ahead, get heavy again. Ed has an entire closet in his house oh, dedicated to shoes. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, you if, didn't see his other closet. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ed may have more than one closet dedicated to shoes. Uh, Ed, you only have three brands for the rest of your life. Three brands. Which three brands Sneakers? are you picking? Yep. Oh, it's easy. Nike. Nike. Well, Jordan is part of Nike, so Nike. I mean, I only wear, <laughs> I only wear Nikes. I mean, I, I have a couple of Vans um, because I have a good friend of mine that has a clothing brand that did a collaboration with Vans. Um, I don't really wear Adidas, um, and I don't wear Tim's since the New York days, so I really, I mean, all I wear is Nike. So that's easy. Awesome. <laughs> all right, when we went to 10X Growth Con together in Miami, uh, you guys took us around. We got to sample some. Uh, authentic Latino food. It was really good. And uh, so which country has the best food? If you could only eat from one country for the rest of your life, which one are you choosing? Both of you. Ecuador. Uh, yeah, I would say Ecuadorian food is I mean, it's my country. But it's not just because we're from there, right? It's because is, is, your family's so diverse, they make everything. <laughs> exactly. And, and here's the thing, right? When I went to Ecuador... You know, like, you know, the Mexican culture, they have their tacos, burritos, which it's almost about the same food. It's just the carb that changes. And you don't yeah. eat tacos. And I don't eat tacos. <laughs> I mean, unless, like, that's the only thing there. But I love burritos. Like, the one we just ate, it was, it was, it was really good. And I'll go back to that place. Unfortunately, they're not sponsoring the show. So I won't, <laughs> I won't yeah, mention that. We should no. tell every time yeah, we do yeah, it. Yeah. We talked about that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I won't, sponsor, I won't sponsor them right now or say their name or anything like that. But, um. When I went to Ecuador, right, it's like I go into this city and I'm eating their typical plate, which is good. Then I go to half an hour to another little city in another town. Every little town mm -hmm. has their own typical plate. And it's like a never-ending cycle. And I never even got to experience the whole food culture there. So 
Yeah, it's Ecuador. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure everybody from their own country is going to say their own food, and they should. I mean, hopefully. I would not say American <laughs> food, but. <laughs> well, you got to go back into the roots of America. It's, it's a melting pot, so really, it's all around the country. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, I mean. Pizza. America has food. I mean, it's, it's just the melting pot. That's the beauty yeah. of America. You know what I mean? So, so it's not like you, I mean, yeah. uh, I think you going to say something. Oh, no, 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 he's like, all right, next question. Ecuador for the Ecuador. Yeah. And Colombian. I mean, they're just, yeah. They're the same. Yeah, man, food is so good. You know, it's it's hard to pick and choose. Yeah. yeah. Where, where did we? What what places? So we we had a little bit of Ecuadorian. I think we did Colombian and we did uh, Puerto Rican. Uh, we love food. I mean, as you could tell, bro. We we, we was the first one that we went set. to. Was that I the Ecuador? I don't remember which one which one we went to. I mean, we eat so much. Everywhere we go, we eat. So we made a few yeah. stops here and yeah. there. Well, we remember the Puerto, oh, Puerto, Puerto Rican one. The Puerto Rican one. We remember the Puerto Rican one. Oh, is that the one with all the music? The music. Yeah, yeah. That basically said like Puerto Rican parking only, and I was like, is it okay? The whole corner was the flag. Yeah, so guys, oh, shout out Puerto to Rican. my Puerto Rican people. They love to. They po- love the po- flag. Puerto Rican food is is good too. I like, know. hey, is, yeah, it yeah. O- is it okay if we're here? And you're like, yeah, as long as you're with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's the beauty. We go anywhere, man. We we love food. Which, that's one thing that New York taught us. You know, the diversity. Like, I can mm-hmm. I can hear somebody's accent for the most part. I I can guess where they're from. Whether mm-hmm. they're Guatemalan, Salvadoran, Honduran, or Mexican, Colombian, I can dis- distinguish that. Which is just pretty fun, you know. A lot of people are, are amazed when I call the culture hour. Be like, "Oh yeah, you're from Colombia or you're from Honduras." Like, "Oh man, so I'm glad you didn't call me another country." Do do people know where you guys are from, or since you're from New York, they're like, they "Dude, don't. I don't know what they're saying." We've gotten what did you call us when we first met you? So so no, we actually do a lot of people because they don't know. You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of that is ignorance. They just call us Mexican. My wife is Mexican, so but going back to the New York thing, right? Yeah. Once again, culture and everything we we grew up with. We actually grew up with Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and Blacks. We actually live right on Bushwick Avenue and in Knickerbocker too. So most of our friends were Puerto Rican, Dominican, Blacks, and then we have no, we a few have Mexicans. Endurance. No, we have Honduras. Well, we, we did too in church, church, church but where we lived at, right. the majority it, it, it was Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. Mm-hmm. We barely bumped into Ecuadorians or Colombians. They were more in mm-hmm. Queens and Roosevelt and that whole other s- sector there. So we lived borderline Bushwick, where it was like Best Buy, Broadway, you know, the blacks here. So we were actually able to mix with everybody. Like I could have gone to Broadway or Marcy, and we can just relate with the people there. I could have gone to Jamaica, Queens, and met people there and just relate. Sometimes you got to be careful which block you go into, but I think. Um, for us, we've got called Puerto Rican. Like the Hispanics, for the most part, they'll call us Puerto Rican. Some people will call me Turkey or Italian or Hawaiian. Like we just get tons of different, you know, countries. So it's, it's pretty so fun. Does your guys' Spanish, since you're around all those people, does it mix? Yeah, it's very mixed. It's, yeah. Very mixed. It's, it's, yeah. it's not, we just say it's a New York Spanish. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Or, you know, when we speak to New York, sometimes, you know, without, when, I, when I go to New York and come back, sometimes um, there's a few words that we kind of, pick up again and bring back to, to, to the Midwest and, and then we catch ourselves saying certain stuff. Yeah, I catch myself <laughs> uh, depending on who I'm talking to um, the accent or the words that they use come out just natural. My wife always thinks I'm making fun of people. 
or the just, end, or the end bomb, you know. No, when just, w- when your wife <laughs> does your yeah. wife go to New York? She has, yes. Do she they speak? Somewhere. Does she go to the people who are speaking Spanish there too? Yeah, she, and does she hear your guys's accent yeah, yeah, and those even people? Here, though, you know, when yeah. we talk to friends, she 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 sees it. She sees it. She always says, when I go to New York, my New York accent comes on. What about your parents? What are what are they saying? Like your parents are they're just like they don't talk like that, right? Well, they, they have some slang. My mom is. I mean, obviously she was born in Ecuador. She spent most of her life in Ecuador, so. She's strong, but obviously she lost some of the accent too from mm-hmm. Ecuador. So, and the yeah. funny thing is, she makes really good arroz con andules, which is a Puerto Rican right. plate. You know, mm. so once again, is my mom is <coughs> the best. Dang, we should have had your mom sponsor <laughs> this show. <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy a plate? Just email me. Yeah, uh, just not email. at it. Yeah. So uh, this is the which the, you still got to come over yeah. one weekend, man. Sorry, we have I'm parties ready. every weekend, but we just yeah. This oh. question has a, a long setup, okay? Right. This uh, this question is one of those got you questions, all okay. right? So uh, I got some pictures of you guys Uh-oh. from back in the day. Nice. Oh. So well, this is, this is Eddie Eddie being hard at the uh, at the boxing, wrong, 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 boxing gym, right? Yeah, but which one is he? Because they all look alike. Oh, oh this, that, nah. was you, that was you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. And then uh, we got one at Eddie here at the shooting range. Nice. This is Ed? Eddie. That's him. Ed. Oh, Eddie. Yeah, that's then, that's uh, a New York picture. This, that's this throwback. Is, this that's, is Ed that's a throwback. Eddie. Yep. Is it the big white tee? That's a no. no, no. Oh, you got no. that one too? Uh-huh. And then uh, I got this one too with that, Ed. That was still in New York. Uh, that was still in that Indiana. Indiana. That's still in Indiana. Oh, no, okay. Only that one yeah, picture from New York. Yeah, that was still fresh. We, we still moved over here. Actually, that picture, I was a... Uh, uh, music, well, not really a manager, but I had a friend that did Spanish reg- uh, reggaeton, mm-hmm. and I don't know. And then he was getting sales, and we just linked up together, and I just took him and touring. So that was the good old days, man. You couldn't so find I, like funnier pictures. I yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't have a lot <laughs> of good glad. pictures out there, man. But the, the setup to this was like, honestly, if I saw you guys on the street, I would have been trying to avoid you guys, right? Right. So nowadays, you guys are more family guys. I see you more as like respectable you're like got a little bit more of the teddy bear thing going on you're like into family and like that sort of thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) you guys dress different you know uh do you still have some new york gangster left in you actually i don't dress different the clothes actually fit me now (laughs) (laughs) i I almost posted this picture on social media i'm glad i didn't because he would have printed it out but this is how I used to dress back oh, in the wow. day. Let me see. Those are size 38 jeans, and I'm like 15 years old. I wear 38 now, 36, 38. You know what I mean? Oh, don't put it up there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened that changed that? I mean, culture changes. You know, you don't see rappers dressing baggy no more. Culture changes. Uh, like I said, for real, I fit the clothes now. Yep. Um, you know, you get older. Uh, you, we get married. You know, wives may have a little bit. Like, hey, I like this on you. Hey, I like this on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've grown. You, you grow as a person. If you don't see change from, not just, and, and obviously we're talking about clothes, but if you don't see change from your mindset or your mentality or or how you were as a as a younger person to now, that there might be an issue. Mm-hmm. So you have to change that, and also the environment. I think the right. environment plays a plays a big part. You I know, for example, Georgia's. right now I'm wearing a sweater when I could have been wearing swimming trunks. You know. <laughs> oh, he was in Florida. He was a Florida boy. Yeah, yeah, I was in Florida. Boy. But um, 
it, it's the environment too and once again the mindset you know and i think if you go back into time you start looking at pictures you're like wow like i couldn't right. believe i used to wear that like there's stuff that i did or dress or said that i'm like man i regret those days which i kind of don't because it still made me say, I, I, don't, I still wear jordans but I when i go <laughs> yeah i don't wear jordans that's I a funny thing so i think that changes um <clears throat> perspective changes environment helps you change um and a lot of that has to do with with your growth you know like for me back in the day we used to match from head to toe like and i'm sure probably some pictures might be out there some may not but we used to match from the shoelaces to the socks to the boxers to the pants to everything was like thought out you know the night before that morning before we got dressed because that was the environment you had to dress you had to do the color com combination and you had to match with the new jordans that came out so that's when you know the jerseys were out back in the day and 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 the long tees and you could have mixed them different colors bandanas size 56 um, jerseys we used to wear yeah Holy 56 gross. and 64. um so a lot of that has changed and and for me honestly i just reached that age and i can't remember it was probably like 24 where i was like i mean i used to always still dress up for work and things like things of that nature but like at 24 23 I, it was a more it was all about being comfortable for me like i could care less whether this is a jordan shoe nike adidas whatever it may be as long as i felt comfortable in it that's what i all i was wearing and i'm the type of guy that once i find something i'll buy literally 10 20 pairs of the same thing he does he ain't lying <laughs> you know what i mean i, I and, still wear jerseys i still wear colorful like, clothes that's i still it. i still wear sneakers that pop you know what i mean i still love that i embrace that you know what i mean yep. and i just I have, don't wear it as bad and no i have more. other shoes i just don't wear them i'm just yeah. comfortable i i i could i don't even think twice <laughs> what i'm gonna wear i could care less and I think also maybe because at that age I reached a certain level, financial level, that it was not about impressing anybody or anything like that. It was more about like, you know, you get to that point, you realize, well, who am I impressing? Why am I dressing like this? Who am I driving this car for at the end of the day if that's not something I like? And um, I think all of that, you know, in your environment plays, plays a big part with that. Yeah, the only time that I buy like uh, five, ten pairs of shoes is if it's like a stupid deal. <laughs> One time at DSW, dude, they had these uh, they had these really nice like leather shoes. They were like a hundred and twenty dollars. They got all the way down to ten dollars. I I should have bought so much more. I only bought like four pair, and then after they ran out, I was like, dang it! Yep. Like I want some more. But yeah, when there's a good deal, dude, I will buy all of them. And another thing too, I'm 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 cheap, man. Well, yeah. I'm cheap with certain stuff. If I see the value in it, I'm I'm not cheap. I, I drop a lot of money on other things, but um. <laughs> I could care less about other stuff, you know. We're cheap. We yeah. we buy. Or I call it wise, you know. It started as cheap, and I'm like, no, I'm actually being wise. Yeah. You know, once you start, we mess with him all the time. We call him. He's a cheap one. <laughs> you know. But it's, a, it's. I mean, like I said, yeah, yeah. we all have our stuff, and obviously. He's, I had to push him. Well, I didn't push him directly, but we had to push him to get a, a newer vehicle. I was just saying, we got, I was just about to say that. I was like, uh, Ed's driving the Toyota. He's the one driving the Lexus, and he's the cheap one. <laughs> we, we had to push him. It was a while. I mean, he's been wanting that Lexus for a while. So I'm like, Yo, yeah, I was there. That was my type of car. Um, I, I had Beamers. Wanted. I had yep. Audis. I had motorcycles. I had Lexus. But out of all of them, my favorite car is a Lexus, the IS300 particular. And... um Red, red interior like yeah, i have i have my yep. specifics so it took me that long because obviously there was no inventory during the whole covid thing yep. and then two being cheap i'm like well i don't want to pay for this right so then i was like i'm gonna buy myself one more house so then that house could pay for my car yep and then i did yep. and then guess what i still didn't need the lexus so i was like i'm gonna buy myself one more house yep. and then one more and then to finally i was like dang and then honestly i, I almost got another car Cause I was looking at the specs and the price. And I'm like, well, this car is faster. It has more horsepower, is bigger, more trunk space, has this, this, and this. But then I went back to my goals and I'm like, well, 
that's not the car that I really want. Yep. And then I was like, I got to go buy another house. And then that's when it hit me and I was like, all right, let me go buy it. Yep. And then I did. That's So that's actually what I've been telling Jordan Wildman because he's still driving like uh, his 2011 Malibu or whatever. And then he's got an older Jeep and like they got a mechanic. Good for him. Yeah, they got a mechanic that fixes them all. And he's like, dude, I want a new car so bad. And he keeps telling me he wants this Cadillac Escalade. I'm like, all right, dude, what do you need? Buy that Cadillac. Yeah, I was just like, uh, here, say it again for him. I said, Jordan, buy that Cadillac, bro. (laughs) No, buy an asset that's going to pay for that Cadillac. He got enough. He does. He does have enough. But I told him, like, I I feel the same way. Yo, buy another one because whatever he has is already accounted for for his other budget. Now he needs to buy another house to pay for that car. Well, that's exactly what I was getting at. (laughs) uh, Like, I do the same thing a lot where I'm like, dude, I'm still like, we, I mean, we have not changed our lifestyle in the four years. Like Tony and I don't have anything else other than this office and like this equipment that's just still helping to grow the business. That is the only thing that we've spent money on is like uh, education, um, learning. Like we don't, I don't, I have the same car as when I was in car sales. I have the same house as when I was in car sales. Tony's driving the same car, same house. Like we've not spent any of that money. But I told Jordan, I was like, dude, if you hit, like make a goal that's so big that it, even if you buy that Escalade, it doesn't matter. So if you, let's say, how much is that? Like, you know, how much is Escalade? 50,000? Okay, 70 make, make $400,000 in the next year. And then that's that 50,000 is gonna be nothing. But if you hit that goal, not only are you gonna be proud, but then you get to reward yourself if it makes you wanna do it again. And it's a tax write-off. Yeah, exactly. If, if you do it right. Yeah, well, especially the, the Escalade, it weighs enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's over 6,000. Yeah, as long as it's 100% for business. It's always business. It's always it always business. is. I mean, you know, real estate, yeah. I mean, how many times do you stop, look at for sell signs, look at houses, look at neighbors, look at... Uh, I don't, Jordan could put the side of he could put the, his face on the side of it. There you go. I think it depends too on, on their goals and depends on what you're doing. You know, uh, for us, um, getting the new vehicles, I, I, one is you, when you're in business, this is I'm learning, so it's not like I'm, I know everything, right? You, you you connect with people. You you spend money on the learning aspect. I, mm-hmm. I'm more... I don't go as many to a lot of places to learn. I actually pay people who know the stuff already. I rather, you know, for me, because the time, for me, time is yep. more precious right now because I have kids and I have a wife and I have yep. know, certain things that I need to do every day. Um, then I'm going to spend the money and get an account, uh, a good accounting uh, company, you know, uh, get a good financial advisor, you know, get a good lawyer. I spend the money in those kind of stuff because they know the answers. And so, you know, we sit back and like, okay, you know, you want to buy vehicles. We look at, okay, what can we write off? Because we have to, at the end of the year, you got to spend money so you yep. don't get taxed on. Because if you don't spend it, use it or lose it. Government's yeah. going to take right. a big chunk off of it. Yep, it ain't free money, but the government's going to take a big chunk of it. So you got to make decisions of that. You know, uh, we ended up with you know newer cars for that same reason. We ended up with a bigger house for similar reasons. You know, uh, market was good. Uh, the current house we were living in, we had family members come from New York. They needed a place. It made sense, man. You know, I was like, it's an opportunity for me to be a blessing to somebody, and then vice versa. Just God blessed us even more because we. We bought a house, you know, what was the interest? Uh, shoot, it's third cheap, and I forget. It's 2.625. I yeah. mean, that's free money nowadays. That's nice. You know what I mean? 2.625. Yeah. Um, we already have over probably 100 grand in equity already. Yep. So, I mean, it's it seems like Depending on the appraiser. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no, we, we have comps. We actually have a comps because the house be, behind us sold for 100 and something more. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that was nuts. That appraiser drove us nuts. But you know, those are things that you look at. So it's not like we wanted the things, but they just fall in our laps. And that's where I tell you, you know, God has blessed us for those opportunities. Because I wouldn't have got the house that I live in now if it wasn't for those opportunities that God allowed us to be part of. But also the opportunities that God gave us within those. You know what I mean? So yep. uh, you, you look at it, and it's like you know, we, God has helped us made a lot of good financial decisions. Let's just say that. Yeah. 
Well, now you make me want to ask another question. So this is something that I contemplate uh, a lot in my head anyway. I'm like, all right, like, obviously God has given us certain gifts, but then there's other people that believe that God orchestrates everything and there's no free choice in your life. So, like, wh which way do you lean more? Like, God plans everything out for your life, or do you think that God gives you gifts and then kind of, like, expects you to use those, has a plan for you, and then you have your choice whether you use them or not? So to understand God, we can never truly understand God because if we understand God, then we, we then think he's we're not God. Then he's not God. <laughs> no, no, it's true. So it's hard. It's really hard to give you a set answer, a set set code, because I'll be lying to you. And I don't want to confuse people, right? For me personally, I feel like God is so powerful, and he gave us free will. I mean, it talks about he giving us free will, but you'd be like, how he gave us free will, but yeah, he knows everything. Well, that's how God is. That's God. I mean, that's, the, that's how God is so powerful that... In the midst of everything, he knows what's going to happen. He gave us free will. He still right. gives us that opportunity. Now, did he blind himself during that time? I, you know, did he did he say, hey, I'm going to just shut off my knowing? I don't know. That I can't tell you. Um, I'm going to always tell people, I don't know. I don't have all the answers when it comes to that. But no one can tell me that God didn't do the things that has happened in my life, and he was a part of it because he was. I mean, that's. Right. I, I think everybody has their own talent. Every, everybody's put on this earth for right. a specific reason. I think we all have special gifts. Otherwise, you know, this world wouldn't function, you know, without those special gifts. Um, but, you know, it's, it's something I always tell my, my, my wife and my brothers and everybody. I think, you know, we'll be selfish, you know, if we don't maximize the gifts that are, are, are mm -hmm. given to us. So I think that's the most important focus more than anything of how we got them or how it's being controlled. I think it's more, hey, do you know your gifts? Utilize them to your max potential because you only got one life to live. Yeah. And I want to make sure we, we, we set a footprint here before we leave Earth. And basically just, you know, every day I live just doing the best, you know. Um, but, yeah, I do think we all have gifts and we have the free will. And it's up to us on how we want to utilize them. And sometimes, believe it or not, you, you acquire new gifts as you're using your gifts. And you're like, oh, wait, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I could do that. Yep. So it's all in the mind, man. Uh, at the end of the day, I think everybody has so much potential. And obviously, it's easy for me to sit here and say this, but if I were speaking to my 15 year old self, I would not believe it. You know, I would have been like, yeah, this guy's full of it. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, he's only saying that because he's whatever in that position. But it's been a, it's been a nice, fun, fun journey overall. And I've learned a lot and I'm still learning. And for those that are listening, I think um, you do have a gift, use it while you can. Don't wait till it's late. Follow your passion, and and God will lead you. I got I got one last question on that because some I wonder if you guys struggle with it too. So something that I struggle with a lot is that uh, I feel like God has given me a special gift, and that I am like you know unique and powerful. But at the same time, I also struggle with dude. I'm a freaking grain of sand. Like I'm here today and gone tomorrow, and very insignificant in the grand scheme of like this entire earth and how small we are. Like I'm basically an ant, you know what I mean? I don't know if you guys ever been in those like planetariums or whatever thing and they keep zooming out, zooming out, zooming out and you realize how small you are, but then how powerful we are at the same time because like obviously we have like God in us. I wasn't sure if you guys struggle with that or ever thought about it or like how do you guys feel about like who you are, your giftedness, how powerful you are, how many people you can influence, but then also like you're here today and gone tomorrow. Do you guys struggle with that ever? Yeah, that's, how, that's what keeps you humble. I mean, that's what keeps me humble is realizing, like, you know, I'm, God's blessed me tremendously, not just financially, uh, beautiful wife, wonderful kids, uh, wonderful family, you know, um, blessed beyond measure. But at the same time, like you said, we're, we're a grain of salt. Um, 
that's where I guess you know we're put in this universe. We all have a part, and sometimes we're small to God, but God can use us to be big to somebody else and be mm-hmm. a bigger blessing to somebody. So sometimes we are God's hand, we are God's hands and feet, and we become that vessel to bless someone else, and that draws them to God. So we are important, you know. Yes, now you keep that in the back of your mind, like shoot, but I, I can be gone tomorrow. That's just the yep. way. To me, it's a reminder, like yo, you gotta humble yourself. It ain't about you. You could be. I tell my wife all the time, are you ready to be broke and still serve God if, if tomorrow everything is gone? Right. Are you still willing to, you know, be content to what you have? And I think that's what's blessed us in, in my in my life is we've been content in every stage we've been at. You know, we we. Right now we're financially blessed, but shoot, we used to eat, you know, we, we were poor, we grew yep. up poor, you know? And so knowing that and knowing that, you know what, God has blessed us and, and, and it's not all my money and knowing how to use that. Which for some reason, poor food tastes a lot better than a $30, $40 plate. <laughs> True. Sometimes it does. <laughs> True. It does. Yeah, we'd yeah, rather go to hole in the walls and go to yeah. the nice fancy restaurants. I mean, now and then we do, but you know, just for the experience, I think like, that's where like it is. Like the rice and eggs, you know, rice and fried yep. egg. Oh, I love rice some ketchup. and fried eggs. I mean, yep. Hey, we eat that now as as a luxury because we can't wait for my mom to do that. You yep. know, which back then it was vice versa. Vice versa, eating McDonald's, Burger King, Chinese food on a Sunday was for us like, wow, you know, that's that's a splurge. Right now it's backwards. I'm like, I'd rather go eat my mm-hmm. mom's food versus going to downtown and eating in whatever restaurant. And and I don't say it because it's cheap. If I were to give her the same money, I, I'll pay even 10 times more, you know, because it, it just yep. tastes so good. And I guess growing up, we didn't appreciate that either until like now we're like, man, I, yeah, I prefer that food. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. I said one last thing I want to say on that is uh, like you actually made me think of a thing that we've heard in seminars and stuff that is uh, like pretty like it just made me think about it just now. So basically, like if you think about God, like let's say it's like the ocean and then you go take a spoonful of the ocean, which is like, you know, Christ in us. It's like we still carry a part of that. Even if you take that thing, you know, thousands away from the ocean, you still have like a part of that inside of you. And I guess that's kind of like uh, uh, what I usually compare it to is like. Uh, you know, you still have like a part of that inside of you. So yeah, it's very small mm-hmm. and it can evaporate really quickly, but it's still part of like the bigger picture. Right. So yeah. And sometimes impacting people doesn't necessarily need to be in a large scale. It doesn't need to be public. Like you'll be surprised how many people you impact without even having a YouTube channel or being on Facebook just by your daily walk and how you interact with them. The least expected expected thing um could change their life you know and at the end of the day i mean i think it's all worth it that's why it's very important to conduct yourself in a certain matter too and and you know you're in a position where you have a lot of people just looking at you and unfortunately it's a blessing and a curse you know um because you don't want to fail either you want to make sure that you strive every day to keep one holding your image two being successful for your own good and three you know you got a lot of people counting on you but yeah i don't think you know to answer your question i don't see it as a struggle but it's more of an awareness that keeps us going every day. Yep. So uh, I have a question here. Another and one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the question. I'll start with the question, and then I'll give you guys some context, and then I'll come back to the question again. Right. So the question is, are people a product of their environment? Uh, but we also know that everyone's capable. You know, you can resist the mold. Uh, some people become victims of their environment. And you also have some influence as to the friends that you choose, the groups that you hang out in, you can change your situation sometimes, maybe not where you're growing up and that sort of thing. But uh, what would you guys have to say to that? Are people a product of their environment? Um, I, I think so. 
um, to a certain degree, um, as long as you allow it to be too. Because, you know, it, you know, at the end of the day, it, it boils down to each individual. But for the most part, it does play a big part. You know, your environment just influences you quite a bit, especially growing up. But ultimately, I think once the individual either changes their mindset or grows, um, they can make that adjustment and then maybe go the other way and not necessarily be a product of it. I, I think you are to a certain degree, but it could be changed. You could break that habit or that, you know, chain or so. I think we are a product of our environment, but that's not an excuse to try to get better. Yeah. I mean, um, we have to strive to get off certain mindsets. I mean, even growing up where we grew up, you know, we, we had certain belief systems that were instilled in us, you know what I mean? And so then as you grow, you start looking at the real world. Once again, you start connecting with different people, different walks. You know, I have friends that are not believers. I mean, you know, I have friends who are atheists. I mean, that doesn't mean that my thought is way better than yours. Now, I'm going to always tell you, hey, you know, God is real because I want that same blessing for you. I want you to experience what I've experienced because what I've experienced is tremendous. But having different friends and different stuff opens up the opportunity. Oh, you know what? It, it, it has you question yourself. You know, it has you, do I believe what I believe is real? Mm -hmm. You know, do I believe this stuff? So then you start thinking, you know, certain things, I mean, uh, I'm going to bring this to the church just because it's easy and it stands out. You know, growing up in church, you had to dress up. Like, I'm talking about suit and ties, and that was the way it is, you know. And you realize that's not that, that's not biblical. Mm -hmm. That's not in the Bible, you know. And I use that as an example because that's one of the obvious. But that's yeah, like wearing Jordans is from the devil, and you, yeah. can't, wear, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can't wear big clothes, and, <laughs> yep. and that's from the devil. And Yeah, and, that's crazy. But yeah. that philosophy is right. applies for everything in life, you know. And so, so, you know, yeah, I grew up poor, yeah, you know. Um, should I can tell you, we grew up poor, and, and my mom used to keep the house clean. So being poor doesn't have to be, oh, you're dirty and filthy and you're disrespectful. Right. No. My mom used to scrub those floors to the to the stains, to the to the paint of the vinyl uh, sh uh, carpet she would come off. You know what I mean? Like she would scrub that. And it looked dirty again. Yeah. No, it's no, like, no, you should be poor, but you don't have to be dirty. Right. And so, right. so, you know, and, and my dad, you know, coming from, from an immigrant from another country, coming over here and being successful. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the for him was an extra blessing and favor from God. I mean, I, I do part. I do know that's a big part, and I don't want to discredit that. But it's also his willingness to, okay, how can I be better? My dad worked two, two, three jobs. I mean, he did stuff. He became a handyman without knowing Jack, without picking up. He just did it. Learned. He used to go work up. for free. He yep. used to pay people to teach him. Yep. Wow. Yep. yep. And so, you can move yourself and put yourself in those positions. You can. You have to. You know, you have to put yourself out there. You have to. And, and some of it is people don't know. You know, they don't have the connections. They don't have. And this is why, you know, I want to eventually do more stuff like that. I, I would love to connect and give back to people that don't know and educate people that do know but don't maybe be a little ignorant. You know, so vice versa. I've been blessed to be in a position where because I have finances, because I'm, I'm financially stable, I can talk to people who, who are up in, you know, higher positions and, and show him what the lifestyle is going Because sometimes they don't know. They just think, okay, you grew up in the ghetto, and that's it. You know, your hood, like you said, you saw me dressed up. That's it. You're a criminal. But now I'm in that position where I can bridge some of that gap on right. both sides of the or story. Or a drug dealer. I remember uh, oh, yeah. when you first moved to Indiana, everybody would think he was a drug dealer because okay. the way he dressed. Back in New York, it was normal if, mm -hmm. you, didn't, if you didn't dress like that. Here, you know. That's what People. drug dealers look like. Yeah, I used to have. A, I used to well, have. Those a, are the drug dealers you are accustomed to. <laughs> the drug dealers that I know don't dress nothing like that. No, I used to <laughs> you wouldn't even a, know they're drug dealers. Nissan Maxima tinted out. <laughs> I used to get pulled over all the time, all the time. But it was just that you know, like I said, educating, educating people, and, and knowing that you know 
that's the, I guess that's a blessing for me. I get to educate people on both levels. Yep. On both levels. I'll say it's, uh, I always think about like the same people who come from the same exact place can end up in two completely different mm -hmm. spots. Mm -hmm. And so that's, what's always hard about like, yes, are, are you a product from your environment? Absolutely. 100%. Like I'm a product of my environment. You guys are a product of your environment, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the product has to be a certain way. It doesn't necessarily mean that like, oh, I grew up poor. So yeah, I stayed that way. You have to be a victim of your environment. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like I'm a product of my environment, but my product is that I am now like a very like masculine, like uh, uh, very dominant from what happened in my past. I used it for like what could be considered somewhat good. Like I use it for different things and like, dude, I'm a, I'm a risk taker. Like I do some, I did some crazy stuff when I was younger. Like, I mean, like I got kicked out of school all the time. I did some crazy stuff. Now I take that same, like I didn't change who I am. I just decided to use what Correct. I have for better. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily have to uh, do certain things, but you are a product of your environment still, but you could choose. I would say the biggest thing you have to do is keep in mind, we've been shown grace. So sometimes we do have to show a little bit of grace to some, because like I said, some of it is lack, lack of knowledge, yeah. lack of understanding, because they've been told all their lives, you don't know how to do this, whether it's you know um, somebody who's been in an abusive relationship, that's all they know. So you have to show some grace. I think that's a big key part of it is, is showing and educating them. You know what I mean? Not just telling them, hey, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Uh, we actually had a conversation with my, my dad a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was actually just the four brothers and, and, and the parents. And you know, we, I, I told him straight up, I was like, look, I love you, um, but I've learned more from you from what you showed me than what you actually told me. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I've always done that. I'm a believer of like less talk, more actions. Yeah. I'm gonna learn, like from you guys, I mean, you guys are on social media a lot. I learn more from you, from you guys' actions than what you guys say. Now don't get me wrong, what you say is important, but maybe how you say it, you know, how you how you treat your employees, how you treat your um, your other, you know, your vendors, how you treat, that to me is more important. Yeah. How you treat other investors and how, so, to me, that speaks more of how you treat your competitors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we treat our competitors pretty dang good. Yeah. But uh, so that brings me to another question, actually, is uh, a question that Tony and I have talked a lot about is um, like for me, my parents, even though we grew up super poor and like, you know, mm -hmm. I was in foster care a lot and like some crazy stuff, my parents still always like they believed in me a lot. Like they, mm -hmm. they instilled mm -hmm. a lot of self confidence in me because they're always like, Oh, you're so smart. You're going to be like, you can do whatever you want. Like, were your parents like that? Because it seems like all four of you boys, like, do pretty dang good or, like, at least have a lot of confidence in yourself. Were your parents, like, very much, like, like, uh, always, like, saying that, that you guys are great? Or, like, were they more, like, you guys suck and, you know, like, were they more pessimistic towards you guys? They're humans. So, obviously, there was times they probably be like, you know, they probably said something that might have been hurtful. But overall, you know, um, shoot, my mom was a prayer warrior. She always... She was the one very, I think she believed in us more than we believed in ourselves. She probably never know. She still probably doesn't know to this day all the bad stuff we've done. And she probably just found out in the recent years some of the crazy stuff we've done. <laughs> because she was one, you know, yo, they'll come up to her, oh, your son's using drugs. No, he ain't. Like, my mom was very one to to that. Uh, my dad was very realistic. He obviously coming to America, he had that American dream. Y'all want you to be a lawyer, I want you to be a doctor. And unfortunately, none of us did, but he now understands that God still blessed us through it. You know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm. we've been all blessed. I mean, we're still alive. That's a blessing in itself. We're united, which a lot of family members are not. You know, we uh, we all live in Indiana now. We all live in Fort Wayne now. And shoot, we all live within 10 minutes of each other. On the um, same road. Yeah. yeah. On the so, same road? On the well, same road. Bass. Oh, yeah. my and my younger brother, you know, he, he don't <laughs> live too far. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, th they were huge in unity. You know, yeah, we... 
we mind each other's business to a certain extent, but we're there. Like if I see him doing something wrong, I'm gonna call him out, vice versa, you know. So we, we have that unity. And I think that was cu- crucial for my dad. He was always like, help you. We're family. You gotta help each other out. You gotta mm-hmm. help each other out. And you know, we, we've used and, that mindset. And one thing to, to touch on what he said also, I think um, a lot of it, honestly, which is something small, but it's also big, it's just the motherly love. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, I feel like that has a huge impact in our confidence and what we do. Besides the environment, besides the culture that we grew up in or the overconfidence, because I think that's a New York thing, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. um, which a lot of people take it the wrong way sometimes. You know, you walk into that room and it's not my fault. I'm confident, you know, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, once you get to meet me, I think it's a little bit different sometimes, which I am aware of that because a lot of people have brought that up to me before in the past. But that's that's just a New York thing or an East Coast thing. But going back to the motherly love, I think that plays a huge part because my mom, she really didn't have to work. That's when my dad worked two to three jobs to make sure that she raised us, she fed us. My dad was completely... She worked because she had four boys. Yeah. Easy. Which <laughs> now easy. I know, I'm like, man, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I'm barely trying to do it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so with that being said, I think that plays a huge part, you know, in, 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 a, in a child, you know, at an early age. Besides the fact that she's a prayer warrior and... I think that goes a long way. So if there's people listening out there, man, just what you speak into your kids' lives makes a big difference. That prayer um, and the love more than anything, like it's so easy to get caught up in the materialistic things. But growing up, like if I tell you the stuff, it's crazy. Like we can sit here once again for hours just talking about it, but we didn't grow up really on stuff like, you know, game, game, what, what do you call those? Right. Like Video games? The, the yeah. video games. I mean, we only had like one, which I think was like Nintendo or something like that. Mm-hmm. After that, my dad never bought us anything. Anything else that we wanted above what they gave us, we had to work for it. Mm-hmm. Like we only had one pair of shoes. After that, you want Jordans, you want this, you want that, go get it on your own. Um, same thing happened with clothes. You know, we'll have like two pairs of uh, jeans and like three, four other shirts and that's it. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do, you know, once again, going back to, to the love that you, you can you know, implanting into your kids' lives. So what they said to you guys was usually positive stuff then? For the most part. Like yeah. 80, it, it 80 was, 90%, you'd say? You know, you know what's crazy? Some, sorry to cut you off. It, it's not even saying things. The actions, man. It's yeah. just actions yeah. and just being there. Like coming home from, from school and your mom is there, she already cooked a meal for you, even though my dad wasn't there. I guess just being there. And honestly, I don't know. I can't sit here and say, yeah, this is exactly what or what, you know. But right. I, I know I there's times that I sit back and I look... And I, and, I, and I think about the past, and I'm like, well, this had to influence this. This had to influence yeah. that, you know, from being, yeah. you know, a new Yeah, born. I was going to say, actions speak a lot more than, than words, man. And, you know, I mean, you don't have kids, but I see I see Tony, his daughter, man. I love seeing those posts. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's a lot more that goes on. They do a lot more. But just having those times that, I, you know, he went to Goshen. I'm like, dude, in the next <laughs> You know, I was like, I seen that spot. I'm like, yo. Those are wonderful times because you're creating memories with your kids, you know. Yeah. And so those are the memories we have. My dad would take us places. We, we shoot. My dad would take us and other kids places because their parents won't take them. Yep. And you know, seeing those stuff that, like I said, once again, it was those actions. And your kids are gonna remember those actions more than anything else. Yep. You know, and having that bond. I love seeing dads. I love seeing dads stepping up to the plate. You know, that motivates me. I see him with his daughter. I'm like, man, like she's everywhere. That's cool. You know, I want to have my kid everywhere. Bring him everywhere because you know what? I don't. I don't really care what other people think. (laughs) Another thing, too, is, um, which, you know, probably add on to your list as for homework. (laughs) Uh, We don't have any sisters. So I think another thing that could play a part is uh, my mom taught us how to basically press our own clothes, how to cook, how to clean, how to do everything that Mm -hmm. we had to do. So I guess for now is I feel like, well, you know, I, I have all the tools necessary to like just, you know, be successful in life. 
yep. you know, that type of stuff. But it, I say it's funny because I grew up with two sisters and my mom mostly. So it's <laughs> like I was like the opposite of you guys. Tony grew yeah. up with uh, you only had one sister, right? Yep. Yeah. It's one sister, too. That's probably I wonder how I would have turned out if I had a brother. Probably no. even more, even more aggressive, <laughs> or like more fighting herself. Yeah, or he would have beat you up, and you would have yeah. been the punk. So oh yeah, you know, or, or I could have been, a, I could have been like the one getting beat. Nah, I wouldn't. Have. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's why he gave you two sisters. <laughs> so you guys are a family, guys. You both have, you both have wives. Uh, most people don't know that Eddie's been married for like nine years now. Your wife isn't is like obvious in social media and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. She's not like out there to the public. Ed's wife wears the pants in the relationship. So. <laughs> she, write, she writes the checks, man. So. <laughs> so most people know Ed's wife, Sarah. But uh, how do you guys manage home life and business at the same time? And then how do you make sure you're spending quality time with your kids and your wife and getting things done? Because you guys do a lot. How do you manage all that? I, I think the first thing, honestly, well, to go back to what you were speaking of, you know earlier about the family i mean we're so close that i literally left everything i had in florida right. i had a successful business there was no need to move let's be honest florida is a lot better you know especially <laughs> around this time of year um very very good life out there um but once again because our family was so close and i think for us we find strength you know by being together and mm-hmm. and and you know at the end of the day unity you know is, is really what has helped us more than anything because my dad has always implemented that and, you know, staying together. So, yeah, we left that. So my um, main goal was always to be financially free. I think that plays a big part because once I stopped chasing the money, I mean, I left the corporate job, you know, when we were making tons of money at the age of 19. And for me, I was like, well, I'm not going to be a sellout to the retail world or to the, you know, working on Black Fridays, Christmas, things of that nature. So I had a very early age, I kind of like snipped that. And and I was like, you know what? Um, I need to change. I need to make sure that I'm not just stuck chasing the money. So what has allowed me to balance that was not chasing the money, ironically. You know, and it, once you start, you know, keep going after your goals without following the money, everything else comes. So the way I've been able to balance it, which I still haven't mastered, I'm still learning because right when you think you got it down packed, something else happens. You know, like when I was first married, I had to let go of the job so I could spend more time with, with my wife and enjoy Florida, you know, and travel as much as we could. But if we weren't financially free, we wouldn't be able to. I feel like I would have still had a clock in or, hey, I can't do this. I got to go work. Um, so I, I slowly worked up my way up the ladder to building that passive income or working less, um, in my opinion. Um, and then once I thought, you know, I had that, then my first son comes and then it changes everything because now it's like, all right, I got to give personal time, work time, my wife, and then my kid. And you got to learn how to like separate all of those. And then I'm over here like, well, where's the guidebook? Like, there's nobody out here to teach you how to be a father, how mm-hmm. to be a husband. I mean, there's role models that you can learn from, but at the end of the day, every relationship is different. So what, I, what I've what i done, at least to, 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 to this day, is I've kind of learned our schedules, our personalities. So what I used to do was in Florida, when I had an appointment, I used to schedule it around the time my wife and my daughter or my son would sleep or take naps. So I'm like, I already know during this time I have a two-hour window mm-hmm. and they, they're going to sleep or sleep in. And I know I can't do that because I'm always up early. Let me go ahead and work during this time so then I can free free up my time later on when they are awake and, you know, when they most need me. Now, don't get me wrong. There's times when I have to 
go to work or do a certain quick appointment because I, I need it at, at that point. My wife understands. But um, to answer your question, I mean, it, it's a lot, you know, to, to answer it. It's a loaded question there with a lot of answers. But I think the most important thing is doing time blocks for each other, um, for the business, for the family. Have passive income because that will help you a lot because most of the issues that arise within a family is is money. You know, at the end of the day, and then running a business is quite a bit too. It takes a lot of time, so I think um, I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, at, at at the end of the day, on how to minimize the the work hours, so keep balancing out other stuff. So now this year coming up, instead of focusing on active income, I'm going to focus more on passive and not try to get rid of all the properties. Um, but that's a little bit of how I try to balance that out. How many kids do you have? Two. Okay. Yeah, so for me, um, shoot, my wife told me early on, man, she don't care about the money. Like her her thing was more, you know, family time. Like I want to be a family. I'd rather be a poor family than, you know, have a lot of money and we're not really a family. You know what I mean? And so uh, she instilled that in me. And, early, and my dad, you know, growing up, my parents too, seeing some of that model. So, um, you know, we... I wake up real early to try to work out. You know, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, so I try to work. So I do stuff, like he said, when they're sleeping. I know they sleep, and then I work late. Yep. But during the day, I'm, I'm you know, I'm all, I'm all over the place. And now, when I get home from from work, if there's nothing emergency, then I, I, I'll put my phone, not away, but I, I try to spend a little more time with them in between the school. And then I help my wife. Like, we have different, I guess you want to call them chores, but it's not chores. We... we we have a good balance in helping each other out in the house and knowing the different things that we each got to do. And so um, trying to do that better every day. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, from five to eight, if you call me, I may not respond. And then I'll call you afterward. You see me, I'll call you yeah. eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Because my kids are already in bed. So I, you know, we put them to bed, we showered them, we got them taken care of. Then I'm free. I go back to work and do some stuff, you know? And so f- having that balance, you know, understanding that it's not all about the money. Can we make more money right now? Sure. Probably. Mm-hmm. But do I need to? Like, I mean, is it the cost of losing my family? You know, what my wife, you, you learn about love languages and what your wife, you know, what, what each other wants. Is it worth, is it worth more than that? You know? Right. And so I bust my butt working hard. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to lose my family while I'm doing that. You know what I mean? And I've seen many people do that. I know friends that struggle with that and, you know, friends that have lost family, you know what I mean? And yet they rich. Right. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day. So having that balance has helped me tremendously. Don't get me wrong. I'm a workaholic. I still work. We go on vacation, we work, but we know the balance because now we know the freedom we have. That bought, like he said, now you get that freedom once you achieve, but you got to learn that with the small things. You got to learn that discipline. That's a discipline you got to learn at an early age. You don't get wait till you get rich to right. now I got a balanced life. Yep. Do it now. You know, when you don't have nothing, learn those learn those disciplines. So when you do get money, because money only, someone says money only magnifies what you do already. Yeah. It doesn't change who you are. Right. This is something yeah, people are a-holes. So that's what I always feel like is I'm like, all right, once I get there, then I'm going to figure it all out. And I'm like, dude, I yeah, we got to figure it out. Like a question that also helps me is every time I say no to this, I'm saying yes to this. And when I say yes to this, I'm saying no to somebody. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't know where I heard that from or who told me that at an early age. And I picked that up pretty quickly. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm saying yes to this, but I'm leaving all of this behind. Yeah, that's true. And, and. I guess once I go by that model, it just keeps me aligned sometimes. Don't get me wrong. There's sometimes when I'm like cutting it close because I personally, you know, like to work um, physically too. When I'm demoing some of the properties, I do it myself sometimes, not because I have to, because I want to. So there's times I wake up, it might be a Saturday morning. We have nothing planned in the morning. 
might be five, six o'clock in the morning. I'm over here breaking walls. And then I forget. My wife's like, oh, we got to go this place. So I just got to go shower real quick. Real quick. <laughs> but I'll make, I'll make it work one way or the other where I'm still, you know, yeah. not overlapping and, and things. Yeah. That's awesome. We talked a little bit about being fathers. What are some non-negotiable like principles, life principles, things that you absolutely have to teach your kids? Like what are some things your kids have to know, inherit from you, get from you? Manners. Like for me, I'm, I'm big in, in being respectful, you know, having manners more than anything. You could be rich, right? Or you could be poor, but if your attitude sucks, if your manners are not good, like like that plays a big part. You know, you'll be judged upon that. So I, I think um, I'm big on that too because, once again, it comes down from my dad, which was so funny, right? Growing up, I used to just dislike a lot of things, but now I'm actually like valuing it and cherishing those little things. Where I'm like, it's true what you're saying. Like I'll have friends coming through the door and mm. they would not greet my dad mm. or my mom mind you they're the owners of the house so they'll just walk in and go straight down to our room or go upstairs or wh wh whatever they'll just kind of bypass them and go so my dad used to be like, hey hey come over here what do you think you're doing this <laughs> is my house go back out there yep. ring the bell and i'm going to answer the door and you're going to greet me and everybody that's in here so wow. it sounds say, funny. Even a dog walks in the room and will wave his tail, tail. <laughs> which is crazy. But then you know, it's it's one of those things that you know it's embedded in us. So for me, that's that's what I like to teach my kids upon many of other things that I've learned from my dad. But a quick funny story: that same personality used to kind of scare me because my dad used to do that to the drug dealers in the corner. And I'm like, my dad's going to get shot right now, or we're going to get you know, mm. get it you know, or, or whatever. He used to be like, hey. You know, why are you being respectful? Say hi to me. Or like he'll greet them and they wouldn't greet back. And I'm like, this guy. Or sometimes they'll have their dog. His biggest pet peeve. Oh. Yeah, the dog will literally poop in front of the house. And not pick it up. And not pick it up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he used to yeah. yeah. Actually, he got locked up. Well, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> oh right. He got locked up once. Once for hitting somebody because they pooped. And it was like snow oh, time. To clarify, yeah. to clarify, because, you know. He didn't hit him because he pooped. The dude threw swing at him with yeah, water. Yeah, I was trying to get to that. Threw, so he didn't know what it was throwing at him. Because he's and like, hey, man, pick back. up after your dog. Yeah, and the guy's like, no, and he threw that. him something. So I, th I guess my dad threw it like he a... Had a work, he had a working bag. No, he, he threw a snowball at him first or at the something. dog. Like, hey, yeah. man, stop pooping in my front, man. Like, you know, be responsible for your dog. Oh, my gosh. And yes, it was I funny. Mean, but it was it was an overnight thing. It wasn't nothing like, like that. But That's funny. Yeah, For, for me, it was, it was love, man. Love. Like, I, I want to show my kids love. My dad showed his love. Like to, So, so um, there's another craziest part for my dad, but we would we would kiss my dad we still kiss my dad how about that in the cheeks yeah every time we see him that's just uh i do that with my kids i'm like yo you gotta kiss me i do that with my nephews my nieces yo you gotta kiss me which growing was, up for us that was that silly was embarrassing. And embarrassing. it was embarrassing yeah. you go to school with your dad's gangsters come and give me a kiss. with dogs in yeah, the yeah. 90s and yeah. you're like you know you know yep. to, to me i used to be embarrassed on my dad you know shoot i'm like go give him a quick kiss and all that stuff and all my friends you know you can see they look i mean i'm sure they probably right. look i'm sure they probably made Say, fun man, of us you kiss your dad you know what i mean uh, no one had the balls to tell me, but you know, right. I'm sure they did. But now yeah, doing some that, I'll be like, you, "You kiss your dad." Yeah, they'll like, be like, yeah, "Oh, you kiss your dad." And I'm like, cool, yeah. Okay. For me, it was more that. That's that's love, man. Like I said, it's your actions. You know, my kids, bro, they know. Yeah, to this, to to this day, yeah. grown man, and I grown man, still kiss, do. And, and actually, for me, it's not even like I feel like I have to. It's no. like I need to. Just because there's something like a connection that we get between father and son, yep. and we pass that down to our kids. So. Um. I got the question that uh, was on the Tony Robbins 
Um, it's like, I'm not your guru on Netflix, but it's a question that impacted my life a lot when I actually asked this question. Um, whose love did you crave more as a child? Because you guys both talked about your mom and dad and obviously influenced you different. Whose love did you uh, crave more? That's, that's, that's a hard one. <laughs> I'm going to say my dad's. And it wasn't really the love. It was the approval, per se. Yeah. Uh, because my mom, she believed in us and anything we did. You know what I mean? And shoot, if I wanted to be a, a truck driver, she'd probably be like, hey, be the best truck driver. My dad, not because he, he pushed us for wanting more. So he wanted better because he knew the potential we have. You know, when you see your kids, you see what they have. I look at my kids and I'm like, yo, this dude's going to be a leader. He's going to be, you know, he's smart. He, he's already a salesperson and he's only six, right? So as a dad, he, he's like, hey, I want you to do this. And like, hey, I want you to go to school, go to college. Like, he was heavy, like, go to college, go to college. Well, shoot, I dropped off. I barely made it the first semester. You know, I drove by the colleges more than I went to college. <laughs> and so I think have, getting his approval, like, you know, wanting, wanting my dad to be like, hey, you're doing good. You know what I mean? Now he tells us, but, you know, I mean, during that, when we're growing younger, you wanted to. Um, my mom, I don't think she really cared. My mom was like kind of like my wife where as long as family's good and God is good, then no matter if you're a garbage picker or, you know, president of a company. Yep. My dad just wanted more for us. So I think that, for me at least, I think I, maybe if I had to choose, that was that was one that I was probably chasing more. And, and I say for me it's kind of hard because I think they both play an important part. And I don't see it one being better than the other because right. they both provided different platforms needs, for us and right. needs and, mm -hmm. and stuff that we needed. Like we needed a certain type of love from my mom. Right. I, and I don't know if it's a guy thing, but I, I cling more to her love per se when it comes to the emotional side. Right. But when it comes to business, life, just everything else in general, physical work, everything, it was more towards my dad. So I, for me, it's both, which yeah. it sucks because I can't give you one answer. You didn't lean one way? It, it's I lean both, man. It, and to this day, I still think I need both because yeah. it's it's one provides a whole different platform than the other. And, and mm -hmm. I think one is more emotional, one is more physical. Yeah, I say yeah, I was. I, I think the m most people I would say probably it seems like ninety percent of people. It's usually the father's love, mm -hmm. because I think that like uh, like you said with your father, he was like more like they're more like have expectations. They want you to be mm -hmm. better, and like they love you. They just don't show it the same right. way that like we expect it to be. So they like it's more like you know my love sometimes is more like man like I see this in you. I know you have more potential, and then like that comes off kind of abrasive because I'm like hey you're doing this and you could be doing this. And like, that comes off like, Hey, you're not doing good enough and you're not enough when really it's just like, no, I know you're worth more. So yeah. A lot of times too, that'll manifest itself. Like in me, it manifested itself as I'm not good enough right. for mm -hmm. my dad because mm -hmm. I wasn't getting his approval necessarily. And my dad would always give me approval. Now he'd be like, yeah, you're, you're doing great. Um, but just growing up, there was a lot of like mixed messages right. where it was like, I love you. You're the best kid ever. You Fuck should, this, you right. should be the best. I don't yeah. know why you're not winning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these other kids are beating you and I know that you can beat them. Um, and so, uh, I, I think about that too. And then I think about how it's generational and how I pass that down that to my you, daughter, I ask you, how does, yeah. uh, you know, that I'm not good enough, like mentally, she may not have internalized it mm. yet. It's still going to be a generational thing where obviously I'm trying to curb it and pass less of it down. Um, how do you guys manage that? You see, see some mistakes that your parents made. And then how do you manage um, not creating that like generational continuous dysfunction and passing those things on to your kids? Like, like, 
you know, I know you mentioned how we manage. I think right now we're still learning. Um, we're only doing as the best that we could, right? Because I think our parents did the best they could in, you know, to mm-hmm. their level. Now it's up to us to do even better. But um, I, I think my mom, she would just be happy. Even to this day, let's say, for example, I could be like, hey, ma, I have a closing. She'd be like, oh, my God, yeah, you have a closing. Like, she's super excited, right, every time, which, you know, I don't know how many closings in, but she's always happy. Same thing was when we were younger. Oh, my, look, I passed this grade. Okay. She was always happy. My dad was more like, no, wait, you have more potential. So he was happy, but he didn't kind of show it more. Like, yeah, I bought this house. Hey, man, you need to buy more houses. Mm-hmm. Hey, like my dad has, I don't know how many houses, double digits as well. And... um He's always like, you need to get me more houses. I'm like, Dad, but you're already, like, retired. Like, I need to build my portfolio, too. I need to do this. And he's like, you got to find me more houses. All right, fine. I'll get him another house. But he's always want more and and, and the best for us. You know, at an early age, I didn't see that. But now I do. And I think that's where we get the hustle from, you know, from him more than anything. And then we get the rest of the good stuff from my mom. (laughs) Um, So with that being said, I'm learning how to catch myself as well, not to do some of the things because some of the things that my dad has done or taught us I actually want to keep that family tradition and 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 embed that into my kids um but I got to learn not to be too strict with them sometimes not to be too hard on them and just show them more than anything like and it's hard because I want my son to follow my steps too and I think pretty much every dad wants so instead of me just telling him and drilling him I just just take him to work with me like I'm sure we went deep into my Instagram when he was two years old, he used to come tour houses with me. He'll show houses with me. Not that it was a selling point, but I think those little things he, he learned. So when I bought another house here in, in Indiana, my second house, I think it was, I took him with me. And I made him choose the flooring. I was like, what else does you know does this house need? He's like, oh, it needs paint. And he's probably like four or five at that time. And um, I think by showing him that, is going to be more meaningful to him and then ultimately just letting him choose whatever path he wants to go down the route but um there's a lot of things i would like to pass down to him and i'm still learning which ones to and which ones not to you know there's a lot of things that i'm learning about myself and trying to learn on why we do certain things today you know based on things that happen when we're you know two years old one years old four years old you know so yeah i just try to get my kids involved like my, that's one thing my dad always took is now he took us to work and he he made us work for <laughs> he used to take us to yeah. work and then he'll leave go go buy materials in new york i don't know it is further and it takes longer to get it but he'll leave us working doing some of the minor stuff and then come back but he took us you know he he took us places and i, I try to do it for my kid you know if i go to the barbershop i'm taking him with me if i go to certain stores i take him with me um something that probably you know the things that i won't do you know and i've told my dad the other day was like i wish I wish he would have told me more and be more transparent of his struggles. Now, you understand you're a male, Hispanic male in New York City, going to a church where if you have struggles, you're sinning. I can see why he didn't, you know, be transparent about some of those things he probably went through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, 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 we had, like I said, in this conversation we had a few weeks back, I told him, like, man, I wish you would have been more transparent because I, w- I wanted to learn. I want to see, you know, if you struggle with lust, if you struggle with, you know, uh, pornography, if you struggle with, uh, you know, alcoholism, whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, some things are, f- you could physically see if they struggle, because but there's a lot of stuff internally, you know, did you struggle with depression? Did you struggle with anxiety? You know what I mean? Um, and so kind of what Tony said, I mean, the things you learn, you you now want to make sure you, you, you already, te- even your kid at early age, you're already thinking of how can I teach them these stuff in a way they understand, you know what I mean? And so, I'm already with my kids, you know, what are things I could do with them 
they get them. Now they're too or too or they're too young for me to tell them, hey, bro, depression's gonna kill you, or hey, you know what, you're gonna struggle with looking at girls, and you know you're gonna get hard. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, he's six, so that's coming sooner than right. later. Yeah. But with my two year, I can't do that yet. Right. So learning at what stage to do that, you know what I mean? And learning, I, I want to be more transparent with my kids. I want them to know that hey, I struggled because I want to be available for them. I want them to know that yo, even we're humans, man. We mess up internally. Yeah. We're jacked up. You know, thank God. That's why I know there's God out there. Our, our minds are not exposed. Yeah. Think about everything that we think about gets exposed. Holy smokes. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, we went to a seminar, and uh, something that we learned a lot of is basically the uh, v- like true vulnerability is like basically your greatest strength because then you can actually connect more with people. Mm-hmm. You have deeper relationships. Yep. Like, it's just better. Um, so, yeah, that's something that uh, it's, it's hard to conceptualize because obviously whenever you feel like you're being vulnerable, then people can attack you. But at the same time, if you're vulnerable, connecting with more people and having deeper relationships, it's, uh, it's usually a lot more difficult. But um, I'm going to say something real quick with yep. that, right? So vulnerability and being transparent doesn't mean you got to tell everybody. Right. I'm going to clarify this. Correct. Not everyone has to know your business. Yes. There's certain people in your life that you open that, you know, there's struggles that I've been through in my life that God has placed man, some wonderful men in my life that have helped me through those struggles. Yep. And I had to be the one willing to share, to learn, you know what I mean? Um, so having those, you know, with lust, with pornography, all that kind of stuff, those struggles that I dealt with, having the accountabilities, being vulnerable, being, because that's the only way you learn. But like I said, I'm not going to go tell Joe Smo in the corner, hey, I struggle with this, can you right. help me? It ain't in their interest, you know what I mean? And so I think being transparent, like, that's why I, I tell you guys, I love the one-on-one conversation. We both, with you guys, I've had wonderful conversation one-on-one because you, you get to be openness without being judgmental, without, you know, what can I say or I have to say it a certain way so it doesn't come off wrong. I can say it however I want. And if I'm wrong, you guys are going to correct me, so. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely don't just be vulnerable with, like, you know, if you just meet a new girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't just go up to her and be like, hey, here's everything that's wrong with me <laughs> exactly, in my life. And exactly, then it's exactly. like, yeah, I'm not interested. You're like, but <laughs> I didn't even, get it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you well, can't. One other thing I did want to touch on was, uh, like, basically, you guys talked a lot about your dad, and uh, one thing that I always want to make sure that I'm doing more, because I see myself do it so much, is, like, encourage more as opposed to telling them what they can do or should do, because that's what I feel like we do a lot, just as men in general. Right. Like, uh, it, like, you know, I've noticed that when somebody encourages me and says, hey, I really like the way that you did this and this, dude when I was landscaping, there was a, somebody that came out just like, man, you, you do such a good job mowing my lawn. I really appreciate it, man. The next time I was there, I was like, Oh, I'm going to make this even better. I'm going to make this even better than when I did before. But if somebody comes out there and just like, man, you guys always do this and always do this. I'm like, yeah, screw this person. Like, I didn't even want, I didn't even want to do it at that point. So I think it is interesting how like, uh, like encouragement versus like just telling people what is possible is like a huge difference on how we as humans react. It goes back to love languages, you know, so I'm, I'm believe it or not, I'm out, I learned that I'm, I'm a guy of words of affirmation, but it has to be for certain people. Yeah. You know, somebody could tell me, Hey, you do good in this. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, someone else that I know, it's words, like you said, and it may be different. Some people's, you know, giving, some people's time. You know, my wife, you know, I can tell her all the nice things she does for her is more like, yo, do we, did we have our, our, even though we work together, we're swamped throughout the day. We're doing so much different things. Did I take the time to, to spend that little moment with her alone, just me and her, you know, where we go on our little dates and, you know, or we watch a movie at night with she, you know, those are the little things. So it really learning the, and, and, as leaders, when we learn the love language of the people that we have around us, yeah. when we learn how to communicate that, 
it helps us a lot better. It yep. makes it easier to build the relationships and, and motivate them, like you said, motivate them because you know, hey, if I tell them, you know, they're going to be more appreciative of, of what's going on. So. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point is like uh, like knowing what people actually want with their life and how to encourage them because, yeah, if, if your employees and you're encouraging them with a bunch of gifts and they don't give a crap, mm-hmm. they'll leave anyway. But if you, like, say nice things, like, yeah, I'm like you, I, words of affirmation are more important. <clears throat> and a lot of people right. think that's crazy. They're like, I remember in the car business, you know, everybody seemed like they were more about money. Mm-hmm. And when I told them that I don't care about money, I care about like getting that plaque, like that recognition, mm-hmm. recognition was important for me. Still is. That's why I'm like struggling. I'm like, man, I can't be the best in anything because there's no, <laughs> there's no trophy. And so that does bother me. And I've noticed that like, for me, it's not about the money, I'll but it's more about trophies. Um, but like when I told the other guy there, that I was like, dude, if I don't get treated right and like you guys mm-hmm. like don't recognize and like treat me like I'm nothing, I don't care if you pay me. Correct. A ton of money. Like, it's mm-hmm. just not, yeah, it's not worth it. Same here. I had to find something to supplement that. So for me, it was, all right, for every house, I'm going to put a little charm, the Pandora charm thing in my wife's whatever, you know, mm. stuff. Well, hey, she must have a big She's one. got double digits yeah, now. Say, she's, <laughs> well, she's got long a... story short. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a necklace now. It's, it's, it's too heavy. It's just sitting yeah. at home. I, I'll be honest. I just got to a point where I just stopped buying them. And she's like, hey, you haven't bought more. Uh, <laughs> and it's a service accountability no, for her. So now you're, actually, you're on the record. I was in Vegas. Uh, I forgot, like two, three weeks ago. And then I made it, made sure I make a, made a stop at Pandora and bought like three more. Uh, just so That's awesome. <laughs> fill them in. But at least it keeps you going, which is something small as that um so i agree with what you're saying sometimes you get to a point where like the recognition necessarily doesn't come from money or other stuff which which is amazing because you view life differently and and that's what has made you successful i believe because you stop chasing the money right well it's hard yeah it's hard to conceptualize that because a lot of people think that's what you're chasing and i'm like dude like i want (laughs) like i don't know what i want actually i need to figure that out more because uh i haven't really defined it as well now I know we're getting like close to like I keep wanting to get to a destination, and then I'll figure it out, and I'm realizing that Mm-mm. yeah, I'll never get there. So Mm-mm. never, bro. Yeah, I'm realizing that. Have now. you ever read that book, Life in Air, by Steve Cook? No. Okay. Oh, is that where you got it from? Yeah. Okay, I'll read it. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good read. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree with certain stuff, but once again, get the best You're that you can out of it. Yeah. Yep. So we got a couple political questions. That? Oh, let's go. <laughs> got a couple, a couple political questions. Yeah, I don't do nothing political. too crazy. Nothing oh, too crazy. Okay. Just just skimming the surface, kind of. Donald the second, Trump. The second one's gonna be a little rough. Biden. <laughs> yeah. Black, white. <laughs> uh, this one will be an easier one. Growing up with a family who immigrated to the U.S. in the recent past gives you a unique perspective on being an American. Uh, what does it mean to you both to be American? What does that mean? I really don't even know how to answer that question because I don't know what American is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. I mean, we live in a country where everybody's different. You know, everybody has their own opinion of what it is to be an American, what it is to be an immigrant. I mean, think different. My point of view of of an immigrant is probably something different than yours. And um, yeah, I really never even thought about it. You know, honestly, which is so funny because I know when we were in Florida, we talked a little bit about politics here and there, but I don't even watch the media or the news like that to a certain degree. Um, Mm -hmm. I could care less. Like today, you could be president, you could be president, and I'll guarantee you 100% you would not affect me or change my my perspective, how I live, how I live my life. Because if if it hasn't done so in the last 20 years, what difference would it make today, you know? So I really don't even follow that, believe it or not. Um, Same thing, I remember, when was it, 08? There was like a 
the, the housing market, you know, you know, back in 05, 06, 07, 08, whatever years that they said, oh, we went in a recession and things of that nature. I didn't feel it. I think, you know, during that time was when we were making the most money in our lives. Yep. So I guess, or at least at that age of 19, I, I guess for me, I've, I've kept myself so much in within my own bubble and my own circle to a certain degree that I'm more focused on that versus anything else out there. So I don't even know what it is to be a true American. I mean, I do have <laughs> a social security number. I am an American. <laughs> uh, just to clarify that, I do pay my taxes. Well, yeah, like ones, I'm not a, I don't have a green card yeah, but yeah, but, temporary here. But I don't really even know what it is to be an American, to be honest. Were you, you, like, were you guys born in America? No. no. Okay. No. So I, I came when I was, I turned four here. Okay. Um, so were you born here? No, no. he came. Okay. It's a long story. When I came here, I turned four, yeah, and then I started came. learning English, and okay. I still am. You know, twenty plus years. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to be an American to ask you a question, right? It's, it's a blessing, man. I love, I love America. I, this is all I know. You know what I mean? I, I actually haven't been back to Ecuador since I left, and that's since four. Since four. Oh my god. Uh, and that's, that, that I, has I to do with a combination of of. You know, when you go with your parents and they get to go and you want to stay in New York City because you don't want to leave the summer, you know, that summer, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to miss the, the, the you the don't want to miss the thing, the, the thing, whatever and... it was. Uh, so you missed out on trips. And then grow, uh, the last time the whole family went, um, I couldn't go because my wife was pregnant. And so then, then I think they went afterwards. So I, I want to go back. I want to take my kids. Now, now I'm waiting. Like, okay, do I go now? Well, I have another one on the way. So I have to wait now another year. Uh, and then COVID hit and all this kind of stuff. But, Let us know. Well, I want to go but, too, dude. That'd be yeah, so fun. We go. Um, so being an American, I mean, it's just having that freedom. We we take it for granted. You know, you you could be, you could be whatever you want to be in America. I mm -hmm. mean, I, you know, and, and the song is cliche, but it, you can. I mean, you go to another country. As a believer, I love America. Now, do I agree with everything going on in, around the world or in America? Probably not. But I still have to be grateful. Uh, to be in a country like this where I can do whatever I want. Like he said, I mean, you, you can you can still be successful and you can still do a lot of things. And so uh, you go to other countries, you know, you hear stories about other countries where it's not as easy. You know, there's countries with COVID, like, yo, it was my last name to let you get out on the streets and go buy stuff. You know? Or license plate. Yeah, or license plate. So whatever it is, there's, there's regulations. So, so being in America, you can't take that for granted. I mean, it's a blessing. The problem is... We get too comfortable with the blessing, and now we think we may create the blessing. And now you have people who want to say, "Well, it needs to be this certain way. It needs to be," and that's when when I think it, it, it gets a little confusing and a little people forget what America was truly about, and having that that freedom. Now, uh, if you get to politics, it's a, it's, it's a whole mess in itself. But you know, um, anywhere you go, you're gonna have issues. Any country, I don't think there's a perfect country out there. Right. Just like there's not a perfect um, church out there. Uh, there's not a perfect human being out there. You know, we're not perfect. We're in imperfect people trying to do something. So you're going to have indifferences. Yep. We've seen examples of what happens when the political right goes too far, like the Nazis and, mm -hmm. you know, like Russia and that sort of thing. Uh, when will we know that the political left has went too far? I don't know. <laughs> When it's too late, <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, once it's on the news, it's too late. No, no, I think we, you know, do did they know when they were in there? No, you know what I mean. So it it will be after the math, you know what I mean. And so this is why we have to be the best, and they go back to showing grace, you know. And 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 me once again, right? And, and this is why I feel like you know God created that opportunity for me. I'm in the middle of both, you know. I, I I'm an immigrant, right? Um, my parents had to do what they needed to do to get here. And then I have friends, you know, who grew up and, and I have a relationship with people who were born here, never had to experience immigration, right? And so 
I'm blessed to be in that opportunity and that, to have that opportunity where I can speak into both. And I understand both sides. You know, we talk about illegal immigration and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we could be here for hours for that. But uh, being in the middle allows me to have grace and show grace on both sides. And we've had, I mean, shoot, we've had conversations, some good ones, some ugly ones. Um, But it's those relationships. I mean, we get to talk about it. That's the freedom we have. You know what I mean? I'm not going to look at you different because you may think different than me. That's, That's the beauty of being in America. Now, my job would be more like I said, show you guys grace if I think or I feel like maybe I gotta show him, or vice versa. I have to shoot, be humble, and be like, you know what? He challenged me. That that question he asked, whether I agree with it or not, it challenged me to rethink my thought process. Yep. And then one thing my wife always tells me, I say good things, but my delivery sucks. Then I have to work on my delivery. Mm-hmm. I have to work on how I say it. So those are the things that you know we, we. But we have that freedom to do that here in America. Other countries you don't. So. Yep. I love America. I say that's one thing that uh, like always bothers me. If uh, like I honestly, I uh, I heard a good quote. I can't remember exactly, but it was basically something to the effect of like, uh, you know, I might not agree with you, but I like you can say whatever, and I will die for your right to say it. Something like that. Um, but I agree with that a lot. The only thing that does bother me is that whenever somebody doesn't even understand why they believe what they believe, like. You know, as long as, dude, I want you to think what's your thoughts. And if it's completely opposed to mine, I'm cool with that. But as long as you have, like, reasons from your own, like, brain that actually kind of makes sense a little bit. And you can actually back up why you believe it. For me, it's just, like, like people who believe something or say something and they have no idea what they're talking about. That that actually does bother me a lot. That and also, you know, I, I think it's the approach to yeah. and how it's being said. True. You, you know, there's a lot of things you can tell people. And as long as the approach is right, mm-hmm. the message could be delivered and actually in the right way that you want to do. True. And, and you know, you can sit here. We can sit here all day and I could be looking at a six. You could be looking at a nine, you know, until I actually take the time and get you to stand on my side and say, hey, look at it from this perspective. Yep. But if look, you just yell at them, hey, it's a six. Why are yeah. you so stupid? Then I'm like, I'm not even exactly. coming over to your side now, now. But now here's the thing. Not only that, but take the time now to go on your side mm-hmm. and stand in your side and say, hey, you know what? That is a nine. But now you see where I'm I'm mm-hmm. standing from and I see it as a six and I know where you're coming from, where where it's a nine. Yep. So at the end of the day is the approach and, and how you just treat people too. I think there's things... Um, that need to be said a certain way. So once again, you know, something as small as somebody giving you a compliment for saying, hey, you cut the lawn good, you know, you did a yep. good job. It, it boils down to that. And I'm a, I'm kind of like that mirror as well. So if, if you come to me a certain way, you're going to get it right back, it, which I don't even want right. to sometimes, but that's just the nature. Yeah, your, your emotions mm-hmm. yeah, right Yeah, like my guard yep. goes up real fast or I'm going to react a certain way versus you approaching me in a different manner. And, yep. you know, I, I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. Like we can sit here as an adult and literally talk about certain things that the world could be killing each other about. And we're here just speaking about it, and then we just drop it and keep it going. We understood each other's point of view and and yep. just had good time overall, you know? Yep. Now, don't get me wrong. Sorry. It, there, <laughs> there's certain things that if you say... I know you love that. And, and like, I try to... And let's say I try to, you know, say something, right? Let's say... But you continue to push that topic. Let's talk about racism, right? Let's say you continue to push it, but I could t- clearly see you really don't care about change, and you're set in your same way. Then I have to be mature to know I need to cut that conversation. And it's right. over. There's no point in going back and forth. Yep. You, know, um, you you have to learn when to you, you relate with somebody. I'm not going to accept everything. There's certain things I'm still be 100 percent of what I believe. I'm gonna believe. Yep. Um, 
but I, I have to set those boundaries when a certain conversation gets too much or you don't want to change or I don't want to change vice versa. I mean, you cut ties. I mean, those things, because it becomes unhealthy then. Right. That's, and that you don't want that. You know, like I said, I'd rather be blunt and be honest than try to sugarcoat the stuff and go around there. So, yep. especially if there's disrespect. I said, that must be why why we get along, because uh, for the Midwest, I'm pretty blunt. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. I love, I love bluntness, man. I love that, so. What is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure and what did you learn from it? Man. Shoot, I, I mean, I failed. I failed all my life, um, and you know that's that's where the beauty comes, where God just comes in and shows you miraculously. You know, what I mean, I mean, this. If I have to sit back and look back at a failure, I mean, I'm gonna say um, I failed in my jobs. I failed in my jobs. I've gotten fired more than anybody would probably think of. I've gotten fired. Um, but like I said, God has turned that around and blessed me beyond measure. I don't think if I would have never got fired, I would never been where I'm at today. If that makes any sense. And being fired, people may take that as bad. But you know, um, the crazy part, I've got fired for stupid stuff. That's the funniest part. You know, the stupidest stuff. What I should have been fired for, I didn't get fired, and that's grace. Yep. That's grace. But I got fired for the dumbest things in my life, working in some stuff. But you know what? That's that's the beauty of God not exposing all the bad, all the negative. But then showing you, way, giving me way more than I can imagine, way more. Like I said, if I would have still been in, in certain jobs, probably never would have met my wife, never would have been here, never would have been with you guys. Yep. So, I, I think for me, um, one of the my biggest failures, which I don't regret, was not going to college. I mean, I tried to, right? Yeah, I'm good. But and 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 the reason I say that for me, it was more of a failure, not more for me, but more for my dad. Because I know my dad always wanted that. In my, I could go to my dad literally right now with $2 million in cash and say, here you go, dad. He probably would be happy, but he wouldn't be as happy if I were to tell him, hey, here you go. I have a doctor's degree or I have a lawyer's degree, whatever degrees out there. Um, but I don't regret that because actually I'm pretty happy I didn't get my degree. Because I feel like if I would have gotten my degree, yeah, I probably would have satisfied my dad's dreams and maybe been successful in his eyes. But as we know in real estate, if it's done right, you can actually make more money than a doctor. Um, which, no discrediting to, to, to the medical field. But um, I just love what I do now. And for me, it, that failure just turned into a big success for me. Because at the end of the day, I am not under a W-2. Uh, more than anything, because, you know, like Drew said, you know, you can easily lose your job just like yeah. that, no matter what field you're, you're in. And I think COVID exposed a lot of industries and a lot of uh, um, people, you know, to what's reality. And and not just COVID. I'm sure other people experience different things throughout different times as well. But for me, that was that was the biggest one, I could say, because I know a lot of people were relying and and waiting for me to get that degree. And I know a lot of people that I grew up with, they're listening to this, I was nobody in their eyes if I didn't have a degree. Mm. Yep. And now I could just sit back here. And it's not and it's not a point of view of, hey, I told you so type of thing, because right. that's not the approach that I want to give. But I just want to show them that, hey, it could be done. Yeah, I would say uh, it's not so much about I told you so, but like this is what I wanted to do the whole time. Mm -hmm. And like what my question would be, do you think if you would have went and got your degree, do you think you would have the same relationship with your, your dad? Or you think like you would have like got it? and then resented him or kind of been upset because like now your life is not what you wanted. I, I think so. I'm sure that's the direction it would have gone. I don't know because, you right. know, I'm not there, but I'm sure that probably would have gone because, you know, in, in my field and in my position, I speak to a lot of professionals. And let me tell you, a lot of them are not happy. Yeah. And a lot of them, mm -hmm. 
you know, the money that they're investing into their careers, they're just not happy and they're willing to let that go to go into real estate investing because at the end of the day, they thought they were following the money, which that's the dream they were sold on. Yep. But you're still a W-2 employee. Right. You're still working for somebody. You have no passive income. God forbid something happens today. You know, how are you going to get that money to cover your bills and stuff like that? So, you know, I think Warren Buffett says that, you know, um, you're always going to work. I forgot how it went. I know I, I said it the other day, but I don't know if you guys know that one, but you're always going to work until you die if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and that's true. That's an eye opener there. Yeah. But, um, I think my relationship with my dad is really good now. We actually spent quite a bit of time together um, for the fact that he's also retired, but he's still active because we always got to keep him busy. And you got to get him properties. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, you you got to keep him busy because if not, he'll start doing projects around my house. Uh, and I'm like, hey, you come home and it's, you know, this has been added, yeah, this yeah, has yeah, been yeah. painted. Oh, um, and we live in an, in an association. So, you know, you're, there's yeah, certain yeah. stuff you can't can do, do it. He wants to do. He wants to plant like this garden gotta, bed. He had to get him some property. So he can do his little planting. So he's not yeah, planting. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, here, Dad, look, do you, yeah, do, you, do you yeah, want yeah, this, yeah. this land? Does this fit what you want? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, my God. Do whatever you awesome. want here, but right. not over there. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I'll just come home and I'll find things. <laughs> but I think, you know, my relationship or our relationship with my dad or my parents in general has grown so much, man. I can't, I can't appreciate it enough, you know, um, especially coming from a mature stage. Like I could literally sit down, chat with my dad, speak about stuff that I was afraid to speak to him when I was younger. Now it's kind of the opposite. Now I feel like he's coming under our wing and we're trying to show him and guide him through certain stuff because he did the very best he could when right. he came to this country. He didn't know financial freedom. He didn't know financial literacy. He didn't know what it was to live the American dream. All he knew was the work, 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 work mentality. That's it. Mm. You know, and even to this age, if he doesn't work, he feels like he's not being successful. He's not being useful. Mm. But um, it's been a blessing, you know, to keep both of my parents, they're still alive. And to keep that relationship with them has been great, man. And I, and I don't regret it. And once again, I feel like if I would have gone the opposite direction, only I can only speak about my experience, right? And the people that I know. So for those that are listening, I see many professionals that actually got the degrees and left the parents. Mm. Actually, you know, mm. there was that stepping stone for the parents. The parents pay for the college, pay for everything. Next thing you know, the kids are not doing anything for the parents. Mm. For me, I take a lot of pride into that. For me, my success is being able to retire my parents, help them out, pay for their travel, even though I don't have to. But I like, I love traveling with them. Mm -hmm. Like I always tell them, hey, you wanna come with me? Hey, let's go here, let's go there. So it's, it's just a great relationship, honestly, overall. I mean, and being here together, I mean, they're they're a huge help, you know, to our family. You know, yeah. I wanna I wanna give a charge to the people that are uh, listening, actually, because I struggle with this a lot. How many jobs did you have, Dakota? When we were talking about this the other day at dinner, how many jobs? Uh, it was eleven or twelve. I had fourteen jobs before uh, I started doing this, and uh, Dakota actually let me do this. Uh, this was just like a th something on the side. So uh, if you're watching and you don't know what you're going to do with your life, uh, you don't have a vision, a dream, or goals that are worth struggling for, and uh, your, you know, your parents or friends or family or folks around you are putting pressure on you for you to figure out what you're going to do and figure your stuff out, um, don't judge yourself based on what they want you to do. Uh, just judge yourself against yourself 
And then also, if you're doing things consistently to set yourself up to become a better person, like you're exercising, you're listening to podcasts, you're doing some sort of daily spiritual practice, you know, you're putting yourself in a position uh, to get lucky because, you know, when you prepare and uh, you get end up with an opportunity, that's when luck happens. If you're doing those things consistently and uh, you're let's say that you're 30 or you're 40 years old. Gary Vee does this all the time with people. He'll look at them and be like, if you're 30, you're still a kid. Like you're still a kid. You still have time. You have all the time in the world. Uh, even though time is very finite and we're running out of it constantly. It's like this oxymoron, right? Like you still have time to run into your life's work, to find a vision, to find a dream, to find a goal that's worth struggling for and working towards. Um, so I just wanted to say that to the folks that are listening in case you're like, man, I really wish that I could figure this stuff out. Like I used to cry in my uh, bathtub at my dad's house, just like, man, I I know that I have so much potential. I have no idea what to do. So that's my charge to people listening. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, I remember Grant Cardone. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I don't know if you guys have seen Grant Cardone and Ed Milet in a podcast interview, but that was one of my favorite interviews that I've ever heard. And um, Grant talks a lot about depression there and how most people's depression comes from knowing what they're capable of inside of them and then not doing anything about it. And a lot of times it is based on other people's expectations of who we are, who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to become. And then we just go with them because we don't want to let them down. Like you don't want to let your dad down. You know what I mean? Like you love your dad, like you care for him and you want to like meet their expectations. And as men, a lot of times we put that on kids and uh, a lot of times it's not even like the the parents don't even know what they want for the kids you know like your dad it was not just like hey i want you to be in real estate like he didn't know but then now like that you're doing it he's like just like your dad he's just like man like i'm proud of you i'm happy for you so yeah i think a lot of times they don't know exactly what is best for your life which goes back to the question i was asking jordan like sometimes we put that expectation on what we think other people are supposed to do with their lives when really it should be about what do they want to do with their lives more so but at the same time, if what they want to do with their lives is doing drugs and like going and like doing stuff, obviously, like, you know, there's always like that. You can, you can never be too one sided, it seems like. But what, right. do you, what do you guys think? Anything about that? Anything to say? I mean, just chiming in with the depression, I think um, most people that are depressed is because they're not expressing themselves. And, and I feel like, you know, a channel needs to be provided for them to, you know, to be expressing themselves through different channels and different vehicles of whatever you know way or form and hopefully people that are listening to this may benefit from that but yeah man it's 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 all in the mind too at the same time and learning how to control our awareness and what we're saying to people too because you know there's it could be something so small to us and it can make a huge impact to the person that we told whatever to yep that is crazy and it's so different i mean i think nowadays it's even harder because you have social media and so yeah the biggest thing is, I think what you said is, is you said judge. I'm going to say compare. Don't compare yourself to others. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, not everyone, you're always going to find someone who has more money than you. You're always going to have some, find somebody who, who probably is better shaped than you. You're going to find somebody who is better at something than you do. No matter how good you are, it feels something like someone's always going to be better, right? And so you cannot compare yourself. You have to be content with where you're at. Obviously, there, there's a drive to want to do better because that's, I think that's a human nature. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to be in a season where it's where it's not okay. Like it's okay to not be okay. I mean, shoot, I'm here with you guys because obviously we've been successful. But you know, 
we all went through hard times, you know, and sometimes we don't want to talk about those stuff, but we went through hard times and people are going to go through hard times. And we're, like you said earlier, 30 is still young because you know what? We don't know how long we're going to live. So why start thinking, oh, it's too late. And then you live in, it's too late for the next 30 years. You know what yeah. I mean? It's never too late. You don't know until you, until, until you take your last breath. It's never too late to get your life. And it's not all about just financially. I mean, there's, there's priorities. Obviously, if you believe in God and your relationship with God should be the most important one. Uh, but if not, you have family. You know, you have your, your spouse, your significant other. You have your kids. I mean, focus on those. You know, focus on, on, on being a better version of you than you were yesterday. And, and things will progress and get better. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Even if you don't believe in God, that's that's just uh, um, it's just nature. You know, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna reap good if you if you put out good. Um, and so, it just starts like that. But being better than you were before, and, and it goes with mindsets, goes with a lot of stuff in life that we do. So, yeah, it's crazy. I saw two comparisons of one seventy year old man and another one. One of them was in his best shape, you know, six-pack, cut-up, running marathons, really, really good energy. Yep. The other 70-year-old was in a cane, almost half dead. Yep. And and that, for me, I, I, I live by that, you know, at the end of the day. But when I see those two 70-year-old guys, I don't see them as two individuals. Mm-hmm. I see them as both being myself and which one do I want to end up in. Do I want to mm-hmm. end up this route or do I want to be there? Because ultimately, the only one that I compete with is myself. Right. Like, yeah, you can use energy from other people as inspiration. Like, wow, man, this guy got another deal. But at the end of the day is what aligns with my goals, what I want to do. Maybe my alignment is not to have this amount of money or drive this car. Like, you know, there's a lot of new cars out there, popular ones. I'll be honest, I've driven one and I've sat in one. And they don't satisfy me as much as my Lexus does, which is yeah, so funny. Exactly. It, it's crazy. I thought the same thing about the McLaren. I was like, dude, <laughs> this is not what I want. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was only going to talk for a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Um, what is your superpower for both of you? Uh, you can answer individually. Man, I think, I think it took me a while to get to this, which maybe eight years ago i asked myself like man because like honestly i've been blessed that i have so many different things that i could do i'm very diverse and i think once again being in survival mode if real estate were to crash today i always have a backup plan like i can literally go do anything because i've done so i mean about you know you mentioned 13 14 jobs oh yeah we had it all too you know we, we had it we learned everything not because we wanted to or not because i was trying to just bounce around but if I were to narrow it down to one, I would say is, is vision, being a visionary. It took me a while to get to that because I was always surrounded by different people. And I'm like, man, this person does this, this person has this, this person has that. And yet I'm over here with so many different things. And I just couldn't adapt to, 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 to acknowledging that the visionary aspect was my, my superpower. And once I figured that out, I just took off with it. And here I am. Uh, for me, I think it's going to be um, the ability to adapt to change. Um, we live in a society where things constantly changing. Um, my wife hates it sometimes because, like, man, we move from one house to another, and you, it's like nothing. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it doesn't bother it us. Doesn't like, bother, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> that's been a, a blessing, you know, being able to change. I mean, I moved from New York, Brooklyn, New York, to Goshen, Indiana. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a small little town, and then to Fort Wayne, and so. Um, adapting to change has definitely been a, a key component in, into where we are successful today. So I, I definitely got to say that with uh, Eddie, I feel, or not Eddie, sorry, Ed, I feel like a lot of that's hustle too. I was asking him the other day, I was asking Eddie, I was like, who do you think, uh, who do you think works harder? 
uh, you or well, your hustles, brother? Hustles yeah, hustles more. more. And he's like, uh, uh, I think I think it's Ed. <laughs> well, hustle. Yeah, I'm always on a hustle, but I, I mean. More, no, he, more he than he, most people, though. Yeah, he'll say, he'll say who works harder or hustles harder, I said, Ed. Because um, he's always hustling. Like, I, I think I always have my, like, stopping point. Or yeah. to a certain degree, which I give him credit because he could do a lot more stuff that I'm like, huh? Like, I'm busy doing these other things. And he's over here doing this, doing that, doing that. Sneaker shoes. And, and I give him credit for that. So, yeah, he hustles, man. Yeah. I mean, I hustle too, but. Yeah. I say we all yeah. do. Dude, that's what I'm saying. It's like we we all hustle. Like yeah. we're all hustlers. But then like when I see Ed, I'm just like, holy crap. This oh, guy's yeah. a whole nother level. So I'd say that's definitely and, one of his And you know superpowers. what's the funny thing? He, he's been like this since we're like five, six years old. That's the crazy part. Wow. You know, most of the stuff that I've done, I learned from him, you know, whether it was good, yep. bad. You know, we kind of picked up the same past without even knowing. And um, here we are now without actually planning this out like right. I, we, we could have never imagined what we have established on the platform like my dad's dream was always to have a family business which is so funny because he always wanted us to have a degree and go right. to college but i felt like we were that route we would have never been business owners or been entrepreneurs um so without us even planning it everything yeah, just aligned like literally yep. from going to florida over here to real estate to management to investing it's just something we never imagined of it just it, it's landed. crazy now that he mentions it and started coming off but um so it's four brothers right but growing up the younger one was too little to get involved in the things we did and then my older brother was always stuck to himself. He was you know, too he, older, he, too cool to be with older. He was more mature than. <laughs> I, I don't even call that. He was just. He was just. He likes to be. And everybody's different. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, he was more to himself. You know, what I mean, he did his things, whatever. So for me, growing up, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm like, yo, if my brother's gonna be doing stuff, he's not supposed to. I'd rather him do it with me, because I can keep an eye out on him versus him going on his own. So we used to do a lot together. I mean, we've done some crazy stuff in life together. And it's funny because we didn't, like he said we didn't plan it. He went to Florida. I came over here. We still loved it. It wasn't like oh we we hate each other. We got separated. No, we I still travel back and forth every other month or two yeah. months. Yeah, or we so. went of our life, and now it's full circle because now we're working. I work with him more than my, any other of the brothers. It's crazy how that just just circle. We we connect. And we're the middle child, but we just connect. From going to school, buying. Yep. Quarter chips, quarter yep. juice with the dollar we used to have and go <laughs> yeah, resell yeah, the yeah. pretzels at the cafeteria because that's the only thing we we're able to bring. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, we have stories, man. <laughs> but thank God we're alive and we're here. Exactly. To at least tell you know, what not to do. 60 years from now, Damn. you're dying and it's, uh, it's imminent. You have one day left. You have one final message. It'll be your legacy to the world. Uh, what is it for each of you? I think, obviously, there's a lot of stuff we want to tell people, but to be able to condense it, it'll be more like something simple as read the right books. Hashtag invest in yourself. Because when people are driving, that's, their time span is so small. That's, that's what I would probably leave them, you know, that's the message out there. You guys should already know my message. It's simple. Just ask. It's simple. You you gotta learn how to ask. You gotta learn how to put yourself out there. Um, you have to. It goes in deeper, right? You gotta learn what to ask, how to ask, when to ask. But but starting asking. I mean, asking. You need help. Ask. You need something. Ask because you you people don't know what you need unless you don't ask. And you're not you're not gonna know what you can get unless you ask. Ask for the business. Ask for the sales. Ask for the girl to you know to to go out with you. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You you have to learn how to ask. You can't be afraid of rejection. Yep. Or if you if you don't understand something, that's something that I noticed a lot in school. Is like, dude, that's why I was like, I was like, I got A's and B's, which a lot of people don't know that. Uh, like I I was in trouble a lot, so I always got kicked out. <laughs> but I got good grades, dude, because I was smart. But not just that. But I asked the teacher if I didn't get something, dude, I'd be like, hey. Yep. Could you repeat that? Because I didn't understand that. Can you do that whole thing again? <laughs> Seriously, I'd be like, I need that whole thing one more time. But most people were too embarrassed or they're like, they didn't want to, like, they were too nervous about what other people were going to think about them. Dude, I wasn't scared to ask. I was like, I don't get it. I need it again. Once I got it, dude, I was, I had it down. But uh, yeah, just asking. I, I, I think a lot of our success and most of people's success, I'm sure, but I'm speaking on, on our behalf is I don't think we would be, we would be able to go through certain doors that we didn't ask. Like it's crazy, like the stuff and the and the platforms and the positions that we've been in, which we're not supposed to be there. Like statistically, we're not supposed to be successful, yeah. you know. And we just worked our way through, you know. Yep. It's crazy. You guys asked us to be on the podcast. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I actually asked you not to. That was yeah. so <laughs> that was somebody's like, no, we didn't. <laughs> like, just ask. Not <laughs> no, but you have to ask. Well, we just asked you. <laughs> yeah, we asked. Yeah, I, mean, we asked. I mean, you asked. Like I said, it, it, it goes more than that. But, I, and you know, and actually, as you guys know, I'm going to give a little plug. But I am coming out with a clothing brand called Just Ask, as you can see, because. You got to show it to him now. Just uh, show it to uh, him real uh, quick. So so just, I mean, I put it in the, can you see it without? Yep. yep. Okay, Perfect. Cool. So so um, we went to the 10X conference with you guys. And someone asked me, like, yo, why are you successful? And I'm like, oh, you know, because we get so busy with being successful that we really forget what gets us there. We forget. Obviously, besides God, nothing is possible. But I want to give somebody something tangible because you Mm -hmm. can say God, and people use that as an escape code sometimes. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, God, you know, oh, God did this. Oh, God. And so we then use that. We use God as a crutch. Um, But it got me thinking, and I think I told you guys, I don't remember what time. I think it was the second day or it was that night. I was like, you know what? What got me successful was just asking. I mean, we asked from the little things. You know, shoot, I asked my my wife a hundred times probably to go out with me. You know, I've asked. You know, I've asked the waitress. The waitress. I mean, <laughs> we go to restaurants yeah. when we know it's clearly not in the menu. He's like, Can "Heck you yeah, do my this? family hates that. <laughs> that me. My family hates that. I go to a restaurant, I ask something off the menu because <laughs> for me, it's, it's always there. been a training process. I always, whenever I had you know, people just ask, start asking stuff. You know, because mm-hmm. it gets you. It gets you places you would never be before. Now, don't get me wrong. I can't go. Hey, can I get a million bucks? I mean, right. sure, you keep trying. It's not nothing wrong with it because you're gonna get, you're gonna Just practice ask the right questions dude. and know yeah. your environment. Yeah. I would say it's possible. You know, you guys talked about hustling when you were younger, dude. I was such a hustler. I did it with, like, I didn't have anything to sell. I didn't know. So what I did was, like, uh, I was at the fair, and there was a dollar ice cream. So I'd go around and ask every single person that I slightly knew. I was like, hey, can I borrow a dollar for ice cream? I'd get, like, 40 bucks. Because, like, dude, I just asked. I asked for a dollar. So you go around and ask a million people for one dollar, dude, and you're probably going to get it. Yeah. Well, let's just expire a hundred dollars, <laughs> yeah, yeah, make yeah, it a little quicker. Yeah. <laughs> if you're already there in that position, you might as well maximize your time. Yeah, no but, hey, question. And Chaz, do you have a hundred? A hundred is the new one. We were, we were in high school. <laughs> we were in high school then, so we were all broke. So I don't, I don't know if anybody had a hundo back then. No, but a hundred dollars was a lot back then. Yeah, true. I mean. It's, yeah, it was. Yeah, a, I know. A million dollars was a lot back then. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it, dude. That was a long time ago when I was in high school. It's like been over 10 years now, coming up on 10 years. I'm like, holy crap, over 10 for, for Tony. But yeah, that's crazy. Do you guys have any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? Anything you didn't say that you want to say? 
Man, I think there's a there's a lot that we actually do want to say, you know, but we'll leave that for other times, other podcasts, other platforms. Um, but the main thing that I'll, I'll encourage people out there is just follow your dreams. Don't follow the money necessarily. Follow your dreams. If, if there's something that you feel 100%, just do it. You know, it doesn't matter what the people around you are saying to you, you know, just do it. And then the second thing would be surround yourself with the right people. It makes a huge difference once you shift path. I know I've lost a lot of friends, a lot of good friends, and it sucks. It does. But um, ultimately, if I, I think if I would have been around certain circles, chances are I probably would have not been where I am or would have not known what my full potential is, which right now I feel like I'm still only running like at a 20, 30% capacity. I don't feel like I'm at 100% capacity of my full potential, which I'm still learning how to grow, and I know there's still more in me. But... Yeah, man, just just follow your dreams and don't let anybody stop you. Uh, I'm going to say it goes back to a little bit of just asking, but um, don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of the no's in life. I mean, you're going to get no's. I think I've gotten more no's in my life than ever before when it came to sales, when it came to uh, just asking for things in life. Um, you have to be willing to take the chance and, and, and risk. Be a little, I know it's not everyone is as confident as I am. I mean, I really don't care. People think so. I'm gonna ask some crazy questions, but start asking, and then ask people who who know. You know, it's okay that you don't know. It's okay to be honest and say I don't know. I mean, I get questions. I get asked all the time questions about, let's say, maintenance. I'd be like, hey, let me find out for you. Let me find out because I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna fake it and tell you that I'm alive. Like, hey, is this exactly? But then I learn because when you ask, it's not always asking, hey, for something and stuff. You also asking for knowledge. You know, asking older people how. When it comes to marriages, you know, if you're struggling, for example, there was times that I struggled in my marriage, I had to go ask for help. You know, I struggled with my kids and I have to go ask for help. I struggle with my, you know, you, you got to ask for help and not be afraid. Um, like I said, you don't have to go in publicly. You see, this one, this one, I'm very discreet. I don't have to go and tell Facebook, hey, don't ask Facebook, actually. Don't <laughs> ask Facebook. <laughs> Unless you're asking for something simple like an auto body shop. But even then, I mean, it's for me, is I'd rather, you know, I think I have a good enough network that I'm going to call, hey, Dakota, who does your tents? You hook me up with a good guy. Yeah. I send everybody to him now. See? But it's just asking those questions, knowing who to ask and what to do. So um, don't give up. If you feel like you're a failure, uh, you're probably in a better position than a lot of people because a lot of people wish they were a failure because then they could do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But they're stuck not doing what they want because they're already in a reputation or something, you know, in a position they can't just leave. Yep. But if you're you're at the bottom, there's only one way to go. So And, and going back to it's actually another thing, too, which is so funny, but... I think sales, like if you're listening out there, you need to learn sales. I know a lot of people don't like sales and they run away from it, but honestly, everything in life is sales. doesn't matter what industry you're in, what profession. I think the, 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 the sooner and the, fast, the faster you can learn sales, I mean, you'll be successful in any platform. You know, even if you're still working for a W-2, it's fine. I mean, you'll, you'll see how asking the right questions will get you paid more, get you in the right positions, will better your relationships. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's tremendous what, what that just question could do, you know, just asking, but yeah. Yeah, you make me want to add in one other point now because just a lot ask, of people, right? just well, ask. yeah, <laughs> that, but a lot of people think uh, about a good salesperson. A lot of people think they're good salespeople. Um, are good speakers and it's, no, they're it's not, no, they suck at speaking. no they're good questioners yes, that's it yes, and dude yes. and when I was younger I was so curious and that's why like I feel like I am a good salesperson because I just want to know yeah, exactly. I'm like oh you don't want to do it why, why? 
I just want to know. I literally, like, I am actually curious of why you don't think this is what's best for you, why you don't want to do it. It's like, hey, you called me. You said you want to sell your property, and now you don't want to. I'm confused. I don't get it. I want to know why. And I'm I'm genuinely curious. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's more important. To be a good salesperson, you have to be good at asking questions and, like, asking. Like, you have to, like, a lot of people want to know the questions just like you know in that example i gave with a teacher they didn't understand it but they didn't like have the uh self-confident enough yeah exactly so you have to have that and you need to ask the questions ask the right Mm -hmm. ones but more of it is yeah having the cojones to ask the Mm -hmm. question because that's what most people don't is they don't want to feel uncomfortable or be vulnerable and like show their insecurity that oh i don't know the answer to this and so then they feel weird or their ego gets in the place and they don't ask questions but yeah i think that's what makes a good salesperson is asking questions or you don't even need to be a salesperson to ask the right questions. But once again, sales isn't everything, whether we want yeah. to agree or disagree on that. He's trying to sell you his ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How can listeners get a hold of you or where do you want them to follow you? That sort of thing. Just like last little bit. I don't know. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, Facebook, you know, Ed Arevalo. Uh, you can follow us, AG Rentals and Management. Um, uh, our office is 260-206-6948. You could ask for me, they'll probably send you my voicemail, but you know, um, I don't mind. Like I said, if people want to learn more, I don't mind. I just, uh, they have to understand you, you, we get busy. You guys talked about it last time, you know, we get busy. So it's hard, you know, forgive us if we don't respond back. I mean, there's people, I, I don't know. I've, I've failed at responding back to people at certain times. So forgive us for not responding. Um, we, we try to do better. Yeah. And for me, I, I think I'm a little bit more big on Instagram when it comes to social media, um, it's Eddie.Arevalo, which is A-R-E-V-A-L-O. Yes. <laughs> Zero one. Yeah, it's literally all the uh, the uh, vowels in it. But, um, yeah, just follow us there or Eddie Arevalo. Um, and if there's any value we can pro- provide to you, you know, I'm sure it'll probably be there as a post or, or stories. I'm more into stories as well. Or go to ltd.com forward slash AG. Actually, and about that, you guys don't plug it. I want to plug it for you guys. You guys have a seminar coming up, right? Yeah, of course. Yep. You have a course coming up. You guys have to. If you want to know, stop asking me. Ask them. <laughs> they have, uh, they're doing it because I don't have the time. They have the time. They want to put up a course. Um, it's it's worth it. Like I said, I, we've been blessed that I haven't had to need it now. But if I was in, in a position where you have to pay, it's not that and expensive. It's only, what, $1,000 or yeah. so? Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there wanting to spend $1,000 on an iPhone. Right. Right. You can spend that on a course that's going to make you $100,000 or more if, yep. you, if you apply everything that's there. I might even just purchase it myself and then give <laughs> it away or sell to somebody. Yep, that, that'd be a good idea. Actually, I was uh, I was just talking to another guy today who was asking certain questions about pulling the list. And so I was like, dude, you could get Tony on the phone for an hour or like he's already planning on buying the course. And I'm like, once this course comes out, dude, we, we already have that video made. Maybe we'll just send that to you. But um, yeah, and then... Uh, also, you guys can just Google AG, and then actually that's who does our management. So if you guys want to rent from us, you could stop messaging us <laughs> and start messaging <laughs> Not me. Yeah, message AG Rentals. Yeah, exactly. So you don't need you. to message us for any yeah. rentals if you guys it's, do. It's uh, agrentalsfw.com. So yep. that's, uh, the FW is for Fort Wayne, and uh, they manage rental properties. So if you have a portfolio that is a decent size, Ed would look at taking it on if you are agreeable and a reasonable person. (laughs) (laughs) We we take all, but you know, we we teach them too. We have to also, we we teach tenants, we also teach owners. And that's the beauty. Like I said, once again, I feel like I'm always that middle median. We teach them both sides. And that's the beauty of it. We get to teach others. So, 
Um, yep. Definitely hit us up. Thank you guys for having us here. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's out of my comfort zone for sure, uh, but I appreciate it. But it's fun, man. Thank you guys for having us here. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be back. And thank you to the viewers for taking their time, almost two hours to listen to all of this. Hopefully provided the value that you guys were looking for. And if not, you know, we're more than happy to answer any of the questions on the side. Yeah, thank you guys for staying all the way to the end. If you did stay all the way to the end, comment below what was the most impactful uh, part for you guys. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share, follow us, follow them. We'll see you guys on the next one. Hey, give a discount if they stood to the end. Discount. Discount if, if you stayed 10, all the way to the very 10, end. 10%. We yeah. Cover. Message us. The and, first uh, 10 people. <laughs> the 10 first 10 off. people. Ed, <laughs> Ed covered the first 10 people to comment below. Comment AG below if uh, you stayed all the way to the end we'll get you guys 10 percent off the course for the course yeah so we'll uh, we'll make sure we get you the discount code comment ag in the comments but then also comment what was the most impactful and then maybe leave a little ag at the end if you already purchased a program i'm sorry you're excluded it's yeah, for your people yeah if you already uh pre-subscribed then yeah you're those are probably our biggest fans too we throw them in the mix for something how about that? yeah yeah, yeah. You, you gotta you gotta bless them with something we'll so, give them right. a sweater we'll, we'll give them something, we'll <laughs> give them something. <laughs> yeah we'll get you an ltd hoodie but yeah comment below and we'll see you guys on the next one